Nej, okej. Okay. Press the right button, sir. Shut up! everybody, it's Andrew Davis calling from The Magic of Gateshead. How is everybody this evening? Well, it's been an interesting weekend uh, for the, the local teams. Newcastle getting beat when we're going for a record. And actually, Rafa Benitez decides to visit the Gated Angel when I'm not there. How shocking when I've been pushing the Gated Angel to, be, to have a cafe, to have something there. And he steals my lines. How rude is that? But we'll, get, we'll, we'll talk more on that later. You can catch the show tonight at www.toontalk.co.uk. And also, if you've got a handheld device, it's www.novaradio.co.uk. And afterwards, the show is going to be available on my Twitter page. It's Andrew14AD and various other outlets, as well as Nova Radio. Um, well, Newcastle got beat. Uh, Sunderland got beat and Middlesbrough got a draw when they really should have won that game. So it's been an interesting week with lots of things going on. Um, I'll bring in my co-host calling from Dubai. Good evening, Neil Mitchell. How are you doing? I'm all right, Andrew. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Apologies, everybody, for the the, the Congratulations for pressing the right button. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We heard that. We, we, you know, it's getting a bit boring now. Yeah, I know. I get you. So um, how was your weekend? Uh, very well. Match result aside, quite good. Thank you very much. Yes. Yeah. Nice in the sun, eh? But like, um, it's always nicer in the sun. <laughs> it makes a lot of things feel a lot better. I can promise you that. <laughs> well, obviously, there's been a lot going on in the news, and uh, bringing my main guest this evening uh, is John Richardson, Ports correspondent and supporter of two hopeless causes, which is <laughs> which is right as well: Newcastle United and Chester FC. Thirty years on national newspapers and thirty years in old Bruce Springsteen. This gun's for hire. Yeah, we all know. We, I have got all, I've got all the songs. I'm very impressed with your singing, Andrew. <laughs> see, I have a gift, you see. But obviously we'll get to the, one of the main things because uh, John Richardson was a very, very good close friend of Bob Cass, who, in my mind, and lots of people's minds actually, because of the declining nature of papers, I would suggest now, and internet, um, the internet seems to be taking over that. But everybody knows, and coming from my generation, and I think from Neil's as well, probably the main person you would watch and you would listen to on TV and in radio uh, when it came to any North East team and anything in general, with his passion, his love for the game, his love for everything football-related. Um, I'm sure that um, John's going to give us a few stories. So um, it was tragic, wasn't it, uh, John, yeah. this week? And obviously Neil as well. It was awful, wasn't it? Well, I've known for some time, we're afraid, that uh, you know, Bob's days were numbered, uh, mm. but it doesn't make it any easier. 
Um, he's an absolute legend in journalism, one of the people I've looked up to. Uh, I came up to Newcastle to be the chief football correspondent of the Newcastle Journal. I was 25 at the time. Bob, Bob was late 40s. And I learned a lot from Bob how to do the job. I mean, he used to get on with everybody. His contacts were second to none. Mm-hmm. He's just, he had the gift of the gab. He, he was a jokey person. I mean, I've been to some dinners with Bob where the, you know, the, the guest speaker, the comedians, almost refused to go on after Bob because he's so funny. You know, with his one-liners, his fantastic master of ceremonies. Tremendous journalist. And and also, his contacts, as I said, were second to none. And I'll give you an example of this. It was back in the early days, we we knew that um, Newcastle were trying to sign somebody on that day. Now, you know, there's opposition, you know, you had to try and get the stories yourself. But on this day, we all decided, all the national paper boys and plus the locals, including myself, decided to work on this together to try and get the name. We knew Newcastle was signing Sunday for 250,000, which was a record at the time. But we had to find out who it was. So we all, you know, scrambled around making phone calls, speaking to people, getting absolutely nowhere. Meanwhile, Bob, being Bob, is having a game of cards in his office near uh, near the old station there, um, Central Station. And he's having a game of cards with his photographer mate and a couple of others. You know, not really bothered. We're doing all these, the spade work, trying to, you know, find out what's happening. Bob's doing nothing. <laughs> Suddenly the phone rings in Bob's office. Keith Perry, the photographer, says, it's for you, Bob. It's one of Bob's many contacts. Uh, Bob, I can tell you, Newcastle are signing John Truick for 250000 so Bob didn't have to move a muscle, but he was his contacts. We were legendary. So, of course, he, he let us know, and they were all cursing Bob at first, but then he, he comes up with the goods, and that was him. He was absolutely brilliant and had so many contacts in football. Big big mates with people like Sir Alex Ferguson, George Graham, you know, everybody. Everybody knew Bob, and uh, he's one of the finest journalists that's ever lived. Yeah. Uh, Neil? What a superb thing to say. I mean, I, I, when I think about Bob, um, what I think about is there are very few people who can um, unite Newcastle and Sunderland fans, and I think Bob's yeah. one of them. I think you know, I think he had such respect from all the supporters in the northeast because the way he wrote about both clubs and the way, like you say, John, quite rightly. He seemed to be one of the most well-connected people in football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think probably the most connected. Neil, to be honest, I don't know anybody with as many contacts as Bob. Amazing. In, Amazing. in fact, um, that will be it. Will be proved by the funeral. The funerals uh, on uh, which has been told December the twelfth in Durham, mm. and uh, you, you could sell out the uh, the cathedral for Bob. There'd be yeah. so many people there. You know, it'll be an amazing day. It'd be, it'd be a sorrowful day, but at the same time, it'd be a celebration of a wonderful life and a wonderful man. You can really see in the reaction. Um, it's a from, shock, I think, wasn't it? People seem to be generally shocked. Well, yeah. well from well, all over football, yeah. and 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 that's the, again just testament to the man and, and what he what he had and the connections he had from remember, left right um, centre from all tiers of the game. You know, yeah. remember when Kevin Keegan signed for Newcastle? You know, at uh, Gosford Park, they were all there for the press conference, and Russell Cushing, who was the secretary then, he mm. says, "Oh, he says, uh, thank heaven we've got Kevin." And uh, all of a sudden, Bob shouts out, good job we haven't uh, signed Richie Pitt, then. <laughs> <laughs> you have to work that one out, boys. <laughs> Some of the lines with Pitt. <laughs> the thing is, he broke... It was actually interesting, because 
he broke most every Sunday. You would you would look at the paper, and I think it was the Mail on Sunday, wasn't it? Normally, yeah. wasn't it? And I I never used to buy that one to be honest with you, but uh, because he used to break so many stories. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in, obviously, in the good old days, you, every with, without before social media, the only way you could find out anything was was via the via the paper. So, in plus on t on TV, he just had this presence about him. Like, you know, you could you could watch him, and I, I think he's is, is it right that Alex Ferguson used to um, <laughs> go after um, particular news people if he didn't like them, but the one person he he never really went after was Bob, even if he had a story about on him. Very close, very close to Bob. Uh, in fact, uh, I know that um, Alex was informed on Thursday night at the game against Feyenoord that uh, Bob had sadly passed away, and mm-hmm. uh, he was very moved. Um, in fact, it ruined the night for him. He, he's very close to Bob, and I'm certain Alex will be at the funeral. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they had a, a love not just for football but for horses, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and uh, they, they would ring each other for tips and. You know, he, this this is it, Bobby. He had so many people, and he never let people down. You know, never let them down. He, he knew he, he knew more things than uh, he could write. You know, he only wrote what he thought was right to write. You know, he wouldn't let anybody down. I mean, as you said, he had so many exclusives that somebody said to him, "I thought your uh, name was Bob Cass exclusive." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Well, I used to love him because he had Alan Oliver. Yeah. Who's my all-time favourite of uh, Newcastle? Obviously, now you've got Lee Ryder and you've got Mark yeah. Douglas, but um, in them days it was always Alan Oliver. And uh, I remember I talked to him once when I was in America uh, to Alan, and he said he says he he always found it difficult. He always got stories, but he was always he was always behind Bob Cass yeah. <laughs> because he had to always um, Bob obviously. Bob used to always break them, so it always Alan always found it hard to to mm. get ahead of them. Yeah, and uh, in, nowadays it's obviously everything's broken, probably quicker now on Twitter, isn't it? Really, yeah, it's, yeah, it, yeah. it's hard slow, isn't it? Like yeah. the, obviously the story. There's, there's still a few of us dinosaurs still around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what are you doing now? You're, you're uh, what's what? What gig are you I'm, with? I'm, well, I'm now freelance because um, yeah, I, I ended up in March. I had 14 years of the chief football correspondent of the Sunday Express. Mm. So uh, the time went to go and doing freelance. Uh, I, I do games now for the Sunday Mirror. I was at Burnley and Manchester City on Saturday. I am uh, completing, uh, I don't know if my liver can stand any more of this, but I'm completing Terry McDermott's autobiography, which always <laughs> involves 10 pints, you know, every time I, I meet him up in, because uh, he lives in Darris Hall. Mm. Um, so I come up, stay the night, and we usually go out. So that that's quite interesting. Um a few other things going on. Um, yeah, so quite busy. God, that'll be a... God, just imagine that would be a good It's a good book. It's a, I'm not just going to say oh. I'm writing it, but it is a very good book, full of anecdotes and very good on Newcastle, as you can imagine, the, the Keegan regime and etc. on Mike Ashley. Um, some some interesting stories, you know, of his two spells at Newcastle. When, when's that out? It is out on March the 30th, all being well. Just, uh, so you, finish, uh, if we get a finish, <laughs> finish <laughs> So are you, are you sometimes in Dubai? Because obviously we've had Nicky Crosby on the show. Yeah, go uh, to Qatar. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah Nick, Nicky, uh, yeah, I've been on Nicky's programme. Um, with, with Rob McCaffrey as well. With Rob you? McCaffrey, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll actually, I've, funny enough, I'll probably be seeing Rob tomorrow night. 
Oh yeah, get him on. That'd be interesting. <laughs> it's interesting. He was one of the best. He was one of the best, um, probably best known guys on TV, wasn't he? Oh, for a long, long time. Very good on uh, Sky Sky Sports, but mm. he decided to go off, uh, as you both know, to Dubai, mm. and he got this gig with Being Sports in Qatar. But um, his program finished at the end of last season, surprisingly. Oh wow! So, well, that's uh, the thing is that with that with that market. Um, like when you go there, are you there for like a length of time, or is it just you go you go there for a gig and then you come back? Type well, thing? I spent a weekend, a very interesting weekend there, because you know I was on with Rob and Nicky, and then I was on with Richard Keys and Andy Gray, which was was very interesting. They blocked us, you know, because we talked hey. about Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. I don't know if he's blocked uh, Neil, but he definitely blocked me. Oh, he used to no. block a lot of Newcastle fans for whatever reason. I never knew oh, why. Right, right, right. So when he speaks to me, I'll, I'll tr- I would love to get. I'd love to get the two of you on. It'd be interesting, wouldn't it, just to see, yeah, see, yeah. see who knows more stuff. But I'm going to... Obviously, when it comes to, to Newcastle, John, what, yeah. it must be a hell of a shock uh, from, I think, from all facets of what's happened, considering that with, with Mike Ashley, um, you know, it looked like we're going to go into obviously the, the, the championship we're in now. Mm. But it was, you know, we had Steve McLaren in there. What was your insight when it came to? Because I know you're quite passionate when it came to Newcastle. I see your posts on there, am, Twitter. Yeah. But like, um, it's interesting, wasn't it? When um, you've got a guy who's probably in his element right now with Derby, back to where mm. he was. Um, it, it, it for, obviously he paralysed Newcastle's. I don't think it was him actually, but well, I'm sure Neil. Uh, he wasn't able to manage, was he? Yeah. Uh, and uh, to be fair, Rafa. I mean, I know Rafa very well through uh, Liverpool. I mean. You know, I spent all um, a lot of time at Liverpool. You know, I was there in Istanbul when they won the Champions League and things. So I've got to know Rafa very well. In fact, I got a nice bear hug from him at Preston because I was covering that game. And, really? You know, I saw him in the in the tunnel there, and because uh, he always used to go off the record with the Sunday boys uh, at Liverpool. <laughs> you know, he said, "Oh, turn the tape recorder." Oh, not tape recorders now. Are they what are they call them? Yeah. Um, recorded whatever they are recorded device but yeah, <laughs> yeah like, well, the iPhone isn't it just yeah, the iPhone it does it I mean you just go on for about everything you know so got to know him quite well and uh, I let's, know let's take a deal a John top, let's take a top, deal John top, why don't why, why do you get him on get him on the show I'll let you exactly. two it'll be on the yeah just if you can get you know I know it's a, might be a bit of an ask but get him on with you on the show, and I'll let you. I'll let you. Obviously, we'll nip in here and there, but <laughs> I just think it'd be fun I'll, just I'll to put, to I'll, let I'll you leave with it. No, Rafa. <laughs> I mean, you you two know better than me because you're closer to it. But mm. for me, Rafa has saved the football club. Um, oh yeah. yeah if, sure. if you know, it was a fantastic um, catcher, but a lot of people thought relegation was going. I, I was told he. he at the time that he was going to stay because he'd been so moved by what the fans, uh, you know, he, he liked the area, loved the fans. He felt it was another Liverpool, you know, something mm-hmm. he, he could build. And it's Mike Ashley's best ever decision, uh, you know, to stick with him. And as, as long as Rafa is there, then it's going to be good times for Newcastle. You just hope that nothing nothing upsets the apple cart, that he is allowed to uh, to continue managing. And hopefully you can sit back and enjoy a few years. I've had a, I've got a hunch about uh, I think I mentioned it last week, but I think, and I don't know this, but it's just my one of my golden Pisces um, mm. moments. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm talking star signs. If anybody else, anybody in the planet doesn't realise what a star sign is, but um, I've always had a hunch that 
Lee Charney was going to, if he hadn't got the creme de la creme in mm. Benitez to stay or even bring him in, yeah. um, he would have resigned and said, no, I, I don't think I can, I don't think well, I can show my face in Newcastle. Well, I'm sure he can now. Yeah, he'd either <laughs> resigned or he'd been strung up by the fans. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One or the other. <laughs> but it was, it was interesting, isn't it? It's like, when he, the, the way that we went down and the way that, do you, do you think that McLaren, from the day he got in there, I never understood if if you're going to go to a football club, did he seriously think he was just going to do exactly what he did at Derby because it comes across that way to me? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Steve McLaren, I'm afraid, was uh, yesterday's man. I think mm. um, his tactics belonged in the past. I mean, everybody says what a good coach mm. he is, and he has been. You know, he got the England job. He's he's been around. You know, he, he knows this, his stuff, but. It just didn't work with Newcastle. And also, to be fair to him, I don't think he was able to bring in the players he wanted to bring in. Just the same with Alan Pardew. Um, you know, I don't want to defend Alan Pardew too much, but <laughs> at the same time, he wasn't able to manage. I mean, let's be fair. Under under the regime of Mike Ashley, Rafa Benitez is the only manager that's been allowed to manage. No. You, know, this, you know, you go back to the Kevin Keegan days, you know, Kevin Short stay. We know why that was because mm-hmm. he wasn't allowed to, you know, do what he wanted to do, and people like Dennis Wise were telling him what to do. So at least, at long last, Mike Ashley does appear to come to his senses, and he's allowed a top manager to manage. It's it's not rocket science, uh, is it? If, if uh, you've got uh, a top manager who can manage, and he brings in proper players, then you can have a decent side. I genuinely think he, he, Ashley's never wanted to be hands-on with the club. He's always wanted to be able to stand back and let other people get on with it. Mm. And I personally think he's, he's managed to find the ideal solution by some sort of happenstance rather than by design. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it, that he, he... But but the problem is he surrounded himself with the wrong people, didn't he? Yes. Initially. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. I just imagine... What we, I, I, can you imagine, John, when when you... When you're doing a, a talk with um, Terry McDermott, mm. and when Ke- Kevin came back with when Ashley was there, you can imagine is it going to be in the book that meeting? Oh, any great. meetings he had with uh, Mike Ashley that oh, yeah, Kevin was there? There's some, there's some uh, great anecdotes. Great anecdotes. Um, obviously, Terry's got to be a bit careful. Um, there we go. But uh, there's a, there's enough there to for, for Newcastle fans to enjoy. Um, one, one, one thing I can tell you, which I thought was quite amusing, whenever uh, <clears throat> Mike Ashley spoke to Kevin Keegan on the phone, you know, mm. which was a few times, it was, all, oh, right, King Kev, right, King Kev, what next, King Kev? <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was quite amusing. Always called him King Kev. Now, I don't know if that was sarcastic or not, but or it was actual hero worship, but that's what he used to do, you know, it was always King Kev. See that that's that's what I'm saying. You say that, that that's always been the the bugbear of Newcastle fans. I thought I think when we all found out that Mike Ashley was going to take over, mm. I think I'm, I remember the first words that he came out with, just and obviously in the press release that I'm not he's, he's going to be hands off. So you're thinking we've got an English guy, British guy who's going to you know a billionaire really going to take us someplace. And he had a really great start, didn't he? Fans loved him, and yeah. they, you know, he'd go to bars, and you'd be there, get a couple of drinks, and I think five one, wasn't it? And then he was out uh, getting people drinks, and he had um, 
you know, he was doing lots of lots of stuff at the start. Yeah. And I think uh, I remember a couple weeks ago we had somebody on and uh, they mentioned that uh, Newcastle. I can't remember who it was now, but they mentioned that uh, somebody from the Chinese uh, made a bid for Newcastle in the, in the summer. Um, but it was such a low rate because Newcastle had gone down. Now, with the Chinese looking to buy up, every, well, they look. I think they're being linked with Reading tonight. Another another Chinese um, brother and daughter, the brother and sister deal, I believe that one. But um, you would, it's surprising if the Chinese are going to come in. You would think with the fact that um, um, that Ashley's obviously we're in, the, we're in another division, but the fact that we managed to keep Benitez, the price for Newcastle's gone up automatically anyway. It doesn't matter what league we're in. We've got we've got the man who um, has united the people, which is obviously probably the most the most important part. Uh, like when you when you like I've always said, you know, the, the, he does see this as a as a, a mini Liverpool. I would think it's bigger than that because I think when he was there, uh, they had, they had won trophies, hadn't they? Well, you know, in in the sphere of the the football world, they had won many trophies, but Newcastle, we've got one. Oh, I think huge. Well. You know, if them to take it on, I think. Uh, what was your thoughts on the weekend? Because I, I know, I think me and Neil always say, um, yeah, he's making a lot of changes, and well, uh, but we just go with it. Yeah, the, the interesting thing, I think Raf was very honest, and I think uh, he knows he made a mis- he made a mistake by making six changes, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, Pep Guardiola made six changes for Manchester City, and I know they're on a different level, but they struggled mm-hmm. at, at Burnley. Uh, yeah. Because I don't think you, I think six changes is too many. You know, it's hard for, for those players to gel. Um, I think if you're making changes, I think the maximum you should make, unless of course there's injury suspensions, is, is possibly two or three. Mm. It, you know, winning is a fantastic habit, isn't it? If you keep winning games, um, well, I don't think we're famous last words. I don't think we're any in, in any any danger of uh, you know not being promoted, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, we know that. I mean, you know, Newcastle haven't fired, have they, every week? I mean, I saw them at Preston. They were very lucky to win there. Mm. But you make your own luck in this league. It's a hard, it's a hard, strenuous league. And I'm confident that um, the squad is certainly big enough. And the good thing is that this season, as you know, there's no uh, uh, temporary transfers, emergency loans, all this business. You know, it's just the January window and that's it. And I think that's where... You know, Newcastle have a fantastic advantage over some of the other clubs because they have, you know, a bigger squad. And those those teams that maybe in February, March, in seasons past, could bring in players, they won't be able to do that this time. So, uh, mm. but yeah, I, I think I think Rafa did make a mistake on Saturday, but he, you know, he's big enough to admit that. And you know, we move on, and hopefully, uh, you know, we can do something at home. Yeah, I think um, it's such a it's it's interesting Hull, isn't it? Because they're they're more or less well. He's, I think their manager Mike Feeling. Um, it's interesting when, when Mike Feeling came in, uh, take over from uh, from um, Steve from Bruce. Steve Bruce. Yeah, it was interesting that people said, "Oh, he's a really it's really a really good decision." Now he you can't think serious like obviously he's going to play tomorrow. He's going to play like a bunch of kids. Which should lead into the hands of Newcastle, but you can imagine, even though even though we lost on 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 Saturday, I didn't. You know, 
this is the, this is probably the toughest league. The one thing I really dislike, and I'm not sure if Neil agrees, but we're we're being told by everybody, everybody, we're going to walk this league, and it's it's never going to be that way. Like you, 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 I can actually see Steve Bruce, which seems to have a, um, the same type of reaction at Villa uh, that um, that new, that Rafa's had at, new, at Newcastle, and it's funny, isn't it? You got a Geordie and you got a you got a Scouser. Well, you know, for all pence and purposes, he is a scouse, isn't he? But it's interesting that um, what's happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, he is he's Spanish, but he's he's basically his heart. He lives. He lives. His family lives in um, in Liverpool. So, you know, from, what, what do you think on that? Because uh, you can see in the resurgence of Villa, and they're the one team I I kind of always worried about. But when they went through this transformation. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's loving it, but I was just liking it because of fact it keeps them down there, away from us. If they do build ahead of steam, not Neil going on me, John. You after you, Neil. Go on, Neil. Well, Andrew and I talked about. You made a good point about the squad, and we talked about it last week about that being in a very good position. I, I've got a, a pal over here who's one of involved with the Brighton supporters club over here, and he. He says what cost them last season was their squad depth. By the time the the season ended, they couldn't even fill their bench for one of the playoff games. Yeah. And so we we've got this serious advantage. Um, I think little losses like at the weekend are nice little wake up calls, and we're yeah. going to take the positives out of it. Um, and we'll I, I think we'll learn more about the squad and in moments like this now than we do when we're constantly winning because we've won games without getting out of second gear really. And the times we have really kicked, we've looked very, very good, but that hasn't been very often. Um, and I think we've just got to keep our head down and going and, and just keep keep building and building and building. And, and we are not going to cakewalk it. It's not going to happen. And I don't know any genuine fan in the Castle United who, who's even thoughts have been remotely in that direction since we got relegated. We remember what the division was like the last time we were down here. It's like quickstand. The more you struggle, the further down you get pulled. It's horrible. And and so we just have to keep going, and we'll we'll learn a lot more about the squad out of moments like this than we do out of um, out of constantly trotting out two two nil wins here and there. You know, we've got to use the positives you can gain out of it. I think that's just my feeling. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Um, I thought the biggest worry to Newcastle was Norwich City. I can't believe how they've tailed off. Was it five sixty feet on the trot? Um, but. Aston Villa are moving up a little bit dangerously. You know, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned Aston Villa, Andrew, and I, mm-hmm. I think uh, they're not going to be far away. Um, you know, they've got a decent, well, more than decent managing Steve Bruce. He, he knows the division. Uh, they've got some very good players there who should have been doing a lot better than they did. They've got the fan base like Newcastle have. Um, and like you, I'm glad that they had that horrible start because otherwise they'd be breathing down Newcastle's necks now. I think is it the, the nice thing. I, I, I think uh, the one thing I've taken from Steve Bruce is that I was amazed. I, th- I think I said in this program when I heard that Roberto Di Matteo. Obviously, you probably know him better than me, but that was the most shocking appointment yeah. as a manager I've ever seen. He did. <laughs> he did. But he, I, do I still don't I think. Do, I, I do agree. It was we shocking. Can, we can't take that away from it. Yeah, it's like when when you see um, like he brought in. I think. I think he brought in Steve Clark or somebody. Yeah, I can't Steve remember. Clark, yeah, yeah. And and but now the now they've got a bit more of a the football related 
uh, backroom when it comes to the the chair. Obviously, the chairman's a complete haphazard box office crackerjacker, isn't he? But um, it's I think he's allowing Steve to. (laughs) (laughs) He's on Twitter, isn't he? Places we can get sued, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that he was one of these. The thing is, he. He bought it for basically peanuts. He got, I think he got for like fifty-six million, probably even less, I would presume. Mm. But um, the fact that he he took it on and and he, Randy Lerner probably threw was probably uh, doing handstands on <laughs> the yeah. ground when he when he realised he's actually managed to sell it. But um, when you watch when you watch Villa, it's it's interesting. Their fans, you would think they would have a lot of synchronicity with yeah. Newcastle United fans, but all they've done is go out, gone out their way. To, to make us look stupid or make, try and embarrass us. Yeah, no and so you, I don't understand it. I, I really, if I could understand it on any level, um, you know, when it comes to your, your football team, mm. like you want to, you want to, if a team's playing well, like I, if we if we get beat by a team, uh, you know, fair enough and done the right way. But look at look at Leeds United. We we played there last. We played there two weeks ago, didn't we? Yeah. And then we went there, and everybody's saying, well, the Leeds has come back. But the only reason Leeds has come back because Newcastle United were in town. It's it's just you you want the big teams to that alleged are big teams, but um, you know we're we're making you know the, the fact that he's he's now got lots of competition for places. What's been your take on the players, John? Because obviously uh, the players that have come in yeah. and well obviously being alleged to be bringing the, looking at uh, another Bournemouth player. And we've got um, Mr. Evans um, is now trying to link Jordan Rhodes in Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, can I just say about some of the players now? I mean, mm. I couldn't believe the signing of the Matt Ritchie. I, I, I thought, what a good, what a good player. I, I mean, now I, I think Bournemouth need him. I, yeah. I think Matt Ritchie is an absolutely top-class player. I mean, they they sold him because they bought Jordan Ibe from Liverpool. Mm. Well, for me, Matt Ritchie, you know, is a far better player. And it's it's players like that who will slot into the Premier League. I mean, there's got to be a lot of changes, obviously, in the summer because some of the players aren't up to it. I mean, I know a little bit controversial, I suppose this, but and I know the fans love him, but I'm not a Mitrovic fan. Um, no, I agree. I, I, in fact, I think he's one of the reasons we went down last season because you know a lot of effort he puts himself about. He's not a natural goal scorer. Yeah. Um, he's missed so many chances and. I do know for a fact that um, I think Rafa is of the same uh, feeling Um, and that, you know, he will be gone uh, next summer. But, you know, he's still a good squad player and he can still, you know, rattle in a few goals. He he scored twice when the game I saw at Preston. He's done absolutely nothing until then, but he scored two goals. He can't argue about that. But whereas Dwight Gale, for me, is a natural goal scorer and, you know, I was absolutely delighted when, when Newcastle signed him. Um, but there'll be there'll be few changes. I don't think there'll be many um, there'll be much happening in January um, because I don't think there's much need for that. And also the players you really want you don't usually get in January, do you? Because they're not available. Yeah, I think me well me and Neil have been talking about we're talking about Mitrovic for a long, long time, saying well he doesn't get round the he doesn't get round the pitch, but then he played one game, and I think he shocked us all. By the, the way that he went round, I can't remember the game now. Neil, you probably because he really was outstanding that one game at home, where he did probably the job that I think Gail I think Gail wasn't playing that day, and he he, he was tracking he was he was they were really going after the players, um, you know the, the goalkeeper pushing deep, 
but he's not. I just, I, I just think he's not one of the, because he's not mobile. Like, you know, it's a strange one. Anyway, it's, it's like he, he, people thinking, well, he's a young lad. He could be a, he could be like an older version of Shira if you get the service to him. And I was, I was, I was, I was surprised that, uh, that he, he actually did stay because I, I thought now we've. I think he's, that's. You think that's why he's brought. Um, uh, Dal Murphy in uh, John. Well, he, well, he did. I, I do know. I do know the story of denied as, as a lot of them are. <laughs> but I, I do know that uh, Newcastle tried to sell him in the summer. Um, that you know, scouts were alerted in Europe that he was available. You know, if they could get uh, most of the money back, but there were no takers. Um, uh, he, I mean, he's he's a raw talent, isn't he? There's mm. something there, but. I don't think you can learn how to score goals. I think you can either score goals or you can't. And for me, he's not a, not not a natural natural finisher. You're supposed to be terrible on Saturday because uh, I, I don't know. If I think it's in his head, mate. I, I genuinely think he, he, when he's on, when he's switched on, mm-hmm. yeah, he looks exactly. really really good. Mm-hmm. But the, he, then he gets his games when he's either more intent on hitting the player than the ball. Yeah. <laughs> um, or he's just not with it. He looks mm. half a yard off the pace. But the he fans love him, don't they? Distracted by bees in his head why. or shiny things in the crowd, mm. and it's he's just not there. And and to get the best out of him, you seem to need to to work on him mentally, not necessarily physically. Last season he looked unfit. This season he just he's either full on or he's full off, and there's just mm. nothing in between. Yeah, I'd. I'd, I'd completely agree with that but wh- why do you think it is that the fans have got seen as a cult hero not well you've got to think I just think about what Neil thinks but like you know I think remember at the end of the game when he scored um, I think he scored a couple of goals and then they started over the tannoy or the fans started singing Mitra's on fire mm. and that was caught by uh, people who were at the game and um, the fact that you know he's, he's, he's full of passion he's young um, the, you know, you've got to think, well, is, I think Rafa's probably have to try, I don't know what, I'll get to Neil in a second, but I, I think with Rafa, Rafa's trying everything in his arsenal to get this guy firing. Yeah. And and I think it's it could be the loud, it could be the talking to the guys um, upstairs about uh, when the game's ending, get some songs on, um, but there's, there's going to be no better man manager than, than Rafa. And if he's, but in the back of, as you probably said already, in the back of his mind, he thinks the guy can't run for Toffee. Um, he's limited that when he when he is full on, full on, like Neil said, yeah, it's fantastic to see. But I, as Neil as Neil said, how can you get a guy that can be as good as that and then he switches off? Yeah, you're right. You're right, John. It's like you're either a good, you're a natural goal scorer and you do it, or you. You, you'll get a little bit, little bits and pieces, but that's the wonderful thing about rotation. Mm, Go ahead. Nick. Absolutely. I mean, we, what, what I'm saying is, I don't think he'll be with us next season. But no. if he can do a job until then, fantastic. And you know, mm. if he gets a decent move, I think it'll be a move back into back into Europe. Good mm. on him. You know, there's no lack of effort from the lad. Um, but for me, it's just not there. Yeah. Well. Look, we, we've seen plenty of players like this. We've seen players like um, Oberfenny Martins, who was a scorer of great goals, but he wasn't mm. a great goal scorer. 
Yeah. And I think there's there's, that, there's two different things there. You know, there's a penalty he took at Everton that I think is now classed as international space debris. <laughs> I think it's worrying the. Yeah, I was there for that. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I think that was the money where he couldn't make up whether he was right or left footed, so he just decided to punt it into the sky. And um, so you 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 come across players like that, Mitrovic. I think why he's become a cult is is the the one thing he does and the one thing he shows is that love for putting that black and white shirt. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. That's I agree with that. The crowd feed off, and that's what we... It's all we ask. It's all we ask. If you could take that passion and put that into Musa Sissoko, what would he have turned <laughs> well, into? Well, you'd have a £100 million pound player, wouldn't you? Absolutely. You know, it, 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 it beggars belief that there's, there's players with all this God-given talent who can't have the application. You, the one thing about Mitrovic is you cannot fault the application, but that's the problem with him is, is it yeah. often boils over to the point where he gets himself sent off in the last game of the season, so he's banned for the first four of this. You know, those moments, you've, you've, and the trouble is, is, as a player, if you take that out of his game, do you take a certain part of the player away that makes it... Yeah, well, that's the argument the about player. Wayne Rooney as well, isn't it? You know, if you, yeah. you take the passion out of somebody... Uh, do you dilute the player? Yeah, getting to Rooney, what was your thoughts on that? Because that's probably been the weirdest two weeks I've ever seen when it comes to a player who's well, done so much for club and country. Well, considering I'm writing the Terry McDermott book, which uh, <laughs> has quite a few drink stories in it, you can imagine my thoughts. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously in the media, so I have to point the finger myself as well. But the the way it was portrayed, I mean, I mean, he couldn't win, could he? The, the lad goes in, all right, he's had a few drinks, but he becomes the life and soul of this wedding party. That, that mm-hmm. wedding party, remember that night forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Now, if he'd have gone in and people had asked him for selfies and, and autographs and mm-hmm. refused, they'd be thinking, what a miserable so-and-so, wouldn't they? You know, <laughs> yeah. he, you know he's up himself, he, you know, he's, he's this, he's that. I mean, the lad, the lad didn't go out, all right, he had too too much to drink. He is the England captain, but it's not a sin, is it? To just have to let your hair down. He he wasn't breaking any laws. He was he was he was making people feel good. I mean, anybody would think that he killed the Pope, you know, with some of the publicity. <laughs> what do you think on um, the fact that now we're obviously we're going to get Southgate, which God made yeah, me well, feel it does, doesn't doesn't uh, thrill me to be honest. But there you go. Yeah. I, I can I can understand it the way because people, the way that we played against Spain, it seemed to, you know, people were surprised. Yeah, but we're I, playing I, the second team of Spain, I, weren't we? I can understand it for one one part in the fact that he has obviously come up with the uh, the younger players, the England and twenty ones. I mean, mm. Spain have just done that, and they, they've appointed uh, their under twenty four manager. Don't ask me the name; it's a complicated name, but he's. <laughs> He's he's in charge, and I, I can see the prog- I can see the progression, but for me, uh, I just don't like what's going on around the England setup. You know, I've covered it for years, and it's become a bit of a, a gentleman's club um, with Dan Ashworth. You know, who's suddenly risen from nowhere to sort of be uh, uh, technical director, whatever he's called, and he's got a few of his cronies alongside, and Gareth fits the bill because he's a very much an FA man, you know, he handles himself very well, he, he is a decent human being, I like him as a person but um, he doesn't excite me 
doesn't excite me as an England manager. And, you know, for me, there's, there's people far more qualified. And then you have the debate, should it be English or should we go for the best man available? I can see the England going down the England route, but there are. I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen Sean Dyche at close quarters with mm-hmm. Burnley. I think he does hell of a job. I'm a big Eddie Howe fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Steve Bruce fan. I mean, even somebody like Alan Pardew, you deserve to be, you know, talked about as an England manager. But it seems that nobody else has had a chance, and it's it's Gareth Southgate or nobody. And I don't think that's right. How is how is Alan Pardew not being sacked at Crystal Palace? <laughs> Sorry, I, he's I the he's biggest. One, I, think he's oh. one, I think he's one game away from it, isn't he? I think yeah. if he loses this weekend, um, I, well, I can tell you a little bit there. He, yeah. Steve Parrish. Uh, yeah. He's Best very, mates, aren't they? Yeah, huge mates. So I think if they hadn't been mates, I think the job, you know, the uh, the guillotine would have been set set already. But um, I think he might just hang on for one more game. But I mean, as we all know, Alan Pardew, in fairness, does a decent job for the first twelve months, twelve mm. mo- uh, months, and then it all unravels. You know, he just can't keep it going. And uh, as we know, he loves himself, so he hasn't got. We talked about Bob Cass earlier. I mean. Alan yeah. Pardew is somebody who hasn't got many friends in football. Yeah, Neil? Well, why, I would say, why aren't the fans being berated for wanting them out the way we were mm. when he had a worse record when he was our manager? Yeah. We were called deluded in all mm. kinds by certain sections of the, the, the media, and, and, and yet the, the evidence was quite clear. Uh, and you could see, he, he does seem to have this, this first season mm. sort of peak and then he just tails away every club he's been at. Uh, and, and I'll see it again. I've said this on a number of occasions. Anybody who pods. walks around with his pods written on his tracksuit, <laughs> acting like one of the lads, any wonder it all falls off. He's crossing a barrier. How, you, you can't... You, I genuinely don't think with a group of footballers you can act like that and stay in control of the dressing room. Totally. I think that's asking for trouble. And I think that's where it goes wrong. To start taking liberties. Yeah. Well, his nickname's Chocolate in football, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> what did What did uh, Bob think of him when he? Because I, I, I obviously I had Alison Bender on the show last week, and um, she she mentioned every like she was going to speak to um, speak to Alan. Sorry, speak to a, a player. Yeah. And Alan would come up to her and go, um, you know, when you talk to this lad, he would he would give her information on a particular player, which would help her during the interview, uh, which is, in a way, it's quite nice, isn't it? But And it comes across that he's that he's, he's, he's trying to make it easier for everybody, which I actually I quite like. So what's your thoughts on him? Because obviously, uh, what, what did Bob think of him Cause as well? well I, I don't think, I'd, to be honest, I don't know 100%, but I know that um, he wasn't one of his sort of... Uh, Favourites. Friend, uh, friends, he wasn't on, mm. on there. I mean... Uh, I remember, um, you know, I think Alan Pardew was, wasn't too bad with the media, to be fair to him. Uh, you could ask questions and he would answer them, uh, you know. Um, but, he, I don't know, it, just, it just didn't seem right to be Newcastle. It didn't fit. It's like Josie Mourinho and Manchester United. For me, it yeah. just doesn't fit. You know, some managers don't seem to look, look right in that environment. And Alan Pardew, for me, never, never did it. Well, he didn't do it in Newcastle, did he, in the end? Yeah, it was, it, it, to me it's always a bit. Well, the thing is, to me, he, you know, he, again he came at the club and he was told that 
um, you know, he, he wouldn't be in charge of transfers. So this is the thing with that. That's that, this is the problem, isn't it? At least with with Rafa, you know, when he goes in there, it's going to be boom. And we don't even know. I'd, we still don't even know. I'm still a bit perplexed by that one. But the fact that has Alex has uh, Mike Ashley uh, ever spoken or actually met Rafa Benitez? I don't think they've spoken. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not 100% on that, yeah. but I, I, I'm, I've always I thought that. I don't think they have. Yeah. He's, he's just uh, uh, they, uh, dealt with Lee Charlie. Yeah. As far as I know. Yeah. I did. I, I've always thought that because, uh, you know, th- th- look at when we looked at Alan, <laughs> you know, the the when he came out and said certain things like that's for that's for Mike, that's for Mike, and you're sitting there going, and then he obviously he shows his craziness when he. Uh, sets to headbutt a, a player but it's uh, you know there's some of this it's just to me it's like if, you, if you're that strong personality and you you want to be the main man like you know like Steve I suppose it's the same I think we've mentioned this before with Steve Bruce uh, what was when Steve because we've got a um, Sunderland, player, Sunderland uh, fan coming on quite soon but um, are we surprised that Steve wasn't when Sam got, got the sack that he did that new England. I, I thought they would go for Steve Bruce. The fact that he was interviewed in the first place, but yeah, he was interviewed in the first place. Yeah, but uh, you know they went they went for Sam, and um, that's another story as well. I mean, you know, should Sam have gone uh, again? Didn't commit any real um, sin, did he? Um, he could accuse him of maybe greed, but um, that was a mess. It's, it's ever been the case with England, I'm afraid, over the years I've covered them. Mm. You know, people like... I mean, Sven, Sven Goran Eriksson, I thought, was decent, but Fabio Capello, you know, what a waste of money he was. Mm. And then Steve McLaren, of course, so there's been some bad mistakes. Yeah, it's like... So you don't think Newcastle are going to buy any players in, in the window? Not Especially big. if to supplement uh, Mr Mitrovic, but... No, no, I think, I think, I think it'll be a hectic summer. Hopefully, you know, we'll be in the Premier League. And he'll bring in top players. Um, but the problem is, of course, is getting shot of players, isn't it? Because they're on decent money at Newcastle. And, uh, you know, who wants to leave a club? You know, you know. I, I, I watched Daryl Yamat playing for Watford. And I think, yeah, you're playing in the Premier League, but you're playing in front of 19 or 20,000 people. You know, what's the matter with you? <laughs> he couldn't take... Couldn't, it's interesting, wasn't it? When he first came, he was very much... You go to... He was voted uh, player of the year wasn't he I think in, on one occasion yeah, yeah. and he, he he liked the fact that people were talking and like, he, he would tell people what's going on but it's funny isn't it a little bit of criticism maybe it's the maybe it's the, the Dutch thing they don't like it do they? When, when you give them a bit of criticism they just they seem to react in a a bad way but um, it, it is a bit strange but maybe it's a London thing isn't it it could be well Watford's close Closest to London. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Andros, Andros Townsend going to Crystal Palace. You know, ridiculous. I mean, Newcastle far bigger club than Crystal Palace always will be. Well, I think he. That's the thing. I, I still. The one thing I, I took from that was when probably you might know better than me, but when Andros, I don't think Andros wanted to go. I thought he, he, his pref. It seemed that they presented a, a loan um, for the season. And I think Andres want, would have done that, but um, I was, uh, you know, there's lots of things going on. Obviously, he signed a contract, but that's the thing with Alan Pardew. 
does he think things through? Because he's now saying that Zaha, because obviously Zaha is linked with Tottenham, so you bring in Andros Townsend, if on the background that uh, Tottenham are going to come in, then okay, you make you think, okay, it looks like we might have to sell him. Yeah. But why would you bring in Andros Townsend if you think, because I don't think, I don't even think back then we- that um, he was going to get rid of Zaha anyway. And now he, he can't find a spot for him. Yeah, well, no, well, I mean, Townsend was on the bench, wasn't he, at Swansea? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I just think that um, some of the players don't think. You know, I mean, Daryl Yama and Andros Townsend, as far as I'm, I know, I'm biased because I'm a Newcastle fan, but they would have been better at Newcastle. Just, mm. what, you know, just give it one season. You know, mm. just give it one season. Um, you know, if, if if we don't go up, then fair enough, you can go. But mm. would you not rather be playing in front of fifty-two thousand and twenty thousand every week? No, I know, no, I don't think it compares. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm gonna bring in Keith, the Sunderland fan, because obviously we talked a little bit about um, Steve Bruce. Good evening, Keith. How are you? Good evening. Very well, thank you. So you're happy, chappy. Well, not really. It was obviously a bit of a step back again at the weekend, but the uh, solid performance, you know, um, not not too disheartened by it. It was always going to be a tough one to get something from there. So onwards and upwards again for the weekend coming, but no, no, not so bad. I expected pretty much. As uh, uh, I think John uh, might be aware that Keith, uh, when it comes to David Moyes, um, he's not his biggest fan, but it looks like to me that there is a, the, the, they are going to obviously plan to keep him, but what's your what can, what what can you tell Keith about David well, Moyes? If he... well, I've, I've, I know David Moyes very well. Uh, obviously, at Everton, where yeah. I think most people agree, did a very good job. Yeah. Manchester United wasn't really given the opportunity, but it didn't work, and then he went to Real Sociedad. I've, I've got to say to Keith, I think you've got a manager who's a little bit shell shocked from what's happened to him over the last couple of years. Um, I don't think you've seen the real David Moyes at the moment. Um, maybe, given time, you will, you know, because he is a proven manager. He's got a got a very good track record, um, but it's certainly not working for him at the moment. Um, OK, you know, he just had two wins on the trot and lost at Liverpool, which gave you some hope, because it's going to be a struggle. And... Uh, I think the David Moyes have been surprised that you know people like Pinar coming in. Um, it's not the David Moyes of three or four years ago, but you know maybe in a few months' time we'll, we'll see the real David Moyes. Well, my view, I've said this repeatedly. You know, when we when we got Moyes as a swift replacement for the uh, force that was the Allardyce departure, I would, like all fans were happy. Either it was a decisive choice and. Relatively decent manager. His stuffing was knocked out at Man U, and that social dad job, I, I don't make too much of that. But he's come, and I, I think I've referred to a couple of times on this show, he just seems to have lost his mojo a bit. Yeah, yeah I, and, agree. I agree. And he's come to a club as well, though, that it's not going to be easy, A, for finances, and B, we have been struggling. I think what he did lack, and the reason I am put off by him a bit, is he never seems upbeat. And it's the crowd he has to please, and it does filter back to the to the players as well. He's got to come in, believe that we're going to struggle. He still has to have a message on colossal salaries, these fellas. 
yes, they have another message to say, yeah, it's going to be a struggle, but I've got this plan, X, Y, and Z to get with the Christmas, and I've got some plans for Christmas if we're here or here, you know. And he doesn't convey that as well. And forgetting whether he, he, he came in late in the transfer window or whatever, that's the only reservations. But as I've said every single week, he's the manager of my club that I've supported long before he got there and long after he goes, like many other managers that have come and gone, still in the club. So I do want him to do well. I'm not knocking him because I dislike him. Just he, he hasn't endeared himself to the fans yet. Playing style and his partner on a few press um, interviews haven't been brilliant, you know. Last week, I forgive him when he said park on the bus. To be honest, that's probably the only tactic we could obviously employ. But um, the rest of it, I think, you know, he's got to prove himself yet. He's got a long way to go. I must, I must admit, you, you're right there. It was the happy hour. He'd have to leave, wouldn't he? He, 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 he wouldn't want a night out with Moisey, would you, to be fair? Although, no, no. I, I, I was eight on the last any day of the week. I mean, you've seen him 40 and more beer. No problems with Big Sam. It's just who, who gets to uh, pay the bill at the end of the night. It's probably me left that he's really making millions and still not want to pay, will he? Yeah. But he, all I'd say is that he is a good manager. He is a good manager. And, uh, you know, I, I think you've summed it up. He's lost his mojo. Um, mm-hmm. So if, if if he can refine that, then you've got a good manager. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't doubt that at all. I, at this point last week when we were referring to the whole manager and the struggle that they're having compared mm-hmm. to us, I think Moyes, if he has to dig deep to find it, and he, he certainly has got more ability and proven as a manager than feeling and more experience to draw. Oh, absolutely. I, just hope, I hope he just finds it a little bit quicker because it is just the times, you know, we've been getting tough results week in, week out. Our signings that we had seemed a bit desperate, you know. And I mean, goodness me, actually, he did not bury it well in the transfer with Man U. He had like a shed load of money and now he hasn't got a budget but a couple of signings he made, Jill Abogi, for like eight and a half million and, and Dong, the ones that he's actually weird out money for haven't been brilliant. His freebies have been the better performers, and Nichibi for free has proved the better sign than yeah. the ones that he's blew the cash on. So that's the only worry about January. How good is he, is he at spotting the talent now and spending the money, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, Sam did well, didn't he, last January? Mm-hmm. That's what probably saved you awesome. last season. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, the thing is, three out of four last January was well, spot off. Well, that's hard to do. To uh-huh, yeah, and there weren't big spending there. The thing is, isn't it, Jen, so when, when you look at, when you look at uh, Steve Bruce, you look at Sam Allardyce, to me they're very kind of similar, but I, th- I would think... <laughs> well, they are, but the thing is, they, they, know, they know how to do a job, and I think, um, I think when, you look at, when you look at Sam, though, Sam just had that more... Well, you you probably met him numerous times, haven't you, John? But yeah, he just yeah, right. he just comes across that he's he knows what he's going to do, um, and it's even even today I think it's quite sad that he the way that he's he's treated by the FA, and we still don't know whether he's allowed to come back into the game. We don't know oh, that yeah, you're doing. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's allowed to come back into the game. But um, who would you think he would? Obviously, I think Sunderland were desperate. I know, I know that. Um, he but it's, he, it's he interesting. Won't go, he, he won't go back to Sunderland. I mean, yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, yeah there's talk of he's on the shortlist for Crystal Palace. You know, if Pardew goes, but uh-huh. he'll be back in the game, no, no doubt about that. He's not. He's not going to stay away. He loves it too much, and you know, you know what the public are like. They'll they'll just get on with it. They won't bother about what's happened with England as long as he wins some football matches. 
Were you surprised that um, that when that when um, he uh, Moyes had the was given the Sunderland job that they came out quite firmly and said he's always been our number one target for the even for the last five managers. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's that's been true to be honest. That's been true. Ellis mm. um, Short, I, I know that you know through my contacts there that Ellis mm. Short has always wanted David Moyes. So mm. uh, so he's got him now. So. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah, but the wish was one of the well-known series, but there we go. Hey, look, excuse me, he's obviously, I said, he, I mean, he didn't hit super highs at, at Everton. He got a club who he made massive straight toward, but, he, you know, he, he wasn't, like, vying for winning the league. He wasn't in Champions League. He'd done a decent job there, and I'd be happy for him to repeat that at Sunderland. He's not the world's best manager, so I am surprised that Short was pursuing him with such passion, as he said. Yeah. But he's not a bad manager. He's just got to get his act together now. He's got to think before he speaks in some of these press conferences. He's got to get the fans on board. He hasn't been badly tread off the fans, by the way. Um, he gets so what, what do the regular. fans think of him, Keith? What do they think of him? Oh, well, I mean, uh, the crowd I sit with, it's mixed as one of me pals and every week you'll not have a word said against them you know even if we've, if we've, if we've traced in so there's, there's some people like totally backing them and you know but when the, in the terraces there's nobody shouting any abuse yeah if, if at the end 90 minutes you'll hear moans groans and boos but not during the match they're not jeering footballers they're still encouraging them to, to make the right pass you know shouting man on you know it's, it's like still as supportive as ever it's just it needs to come back from the dressing room, the players that they're responding to the crowd who aren't on his back at this stage. How long that lasts, I don't know. I mean, them two wins were crucial, but fans are mixed, you know. He isn't the most supported. He hasn't got the love that, obviously, Sam had. That's one of the things against him. But mm-hmm. I think that's gone now anyway. I think Allardyce's history, you know, the first few weeks maybe we're looking back, but not anymore. You know, we've got Moyes for better or for worse. Um... But if not, I think the man I'd love, I, was, I think I said as much yesterday, was uh, Mark Hughes. I think he puts a cracking thing together. He not come close, he's doing yeah, well at school, but well, I, I think Hughes, he's a cracking young man. Well, I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd, interesting you say that, I think he'd fancy it, to be honest. It's, uh, Would he? Oh, well. Up, upgrade well, upgrade from Stoke, isn't it? <laughs> Well, I'd like to think so, but given given my current status in the game, that we've been continual battlers. My belief that we're a sleeping giant, there's no school around. My love for the club isn't like you know the same throughout the footballing world. But hey, if you know Hughes, you just give me number. <laughs> Down the pop up. I know, I know him very well. Know him very well. No, no, I tell you, this, he looks like he can just. He's just got everything about him. He's got the passion, but he's, he's not going like you know for like marquee signings. He just mm. he just gets on in it. I tell you, made some good signings at Stoke, hasn't he? Yeah, he's very well. Oh, I, and uh, he plays football as well. Like you know, I I just I'd love him to be up the road. Like uh, come up to us one day if it didn't work out with Moyes. Although strange, the Stoke fans, Keith, were on his back at the beginning of the season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can't I win, can't win, can you? I think we mentioned that on this show, but I think uh, I says if anybody he'll turn it round, you know, and uh, crack and manager. So mm. it's proved he's got them out of it. Yeah. I think Moyes has got to show the same. You know, I mean, it's still tight down there. You know, a couple of wins and and you could be flying. You know, look at like Swansea at the weekend. They battled like hell to get off the bottom, didn't they? I couldn't believe that. that. I couldn't one. believe that score, John. I bet the people reporting the game couldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, they play though. It shows like they're at the bottom and the, the manager's unproven, but you know the players have still got an adjustment to pull a result like that out and keep on going to get them two really late goals. You know, that's what you've got to show. But a couple of wins can get you out there, and, and Moyes has to get probably three wins in, in five games. You know, try and get like mm. nine points tucked in and a, maybe one point. He'll take a defeat. We've got to accept that. We're not going to get six in a row wins, mm. but. Uh, you you hope to pick two or three wins up out of five games, and that can change the change the picture totally. You know. Well, I think I'm there, Saturday, uh, Sunday, Leicester. Oh, you are. I think so. All right, lovely. Well, I'm well, definitely there. So if you want to get me number of Andrew, yeah, I'll, I'll give gladly, it. There. I'll pass numbers on. We'll meet and we'll discuss the huge situation further. <laughs> <laughs> what what day are you coming up? Hey, what day are you coming up, Saturday? Sunday. <laughs> 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 hey, you know, there's a few people, you know, Keith, you'd be surprised. No, no, are, you, are, you <laughs> the, are you in the press box, though? Paul, Paul, Paul Bryce was my big mate. How was he? Ah, well, oh, big being operative word. Christ, when I seen him a couple of years ago when he came back, he was fat on the back of the matching. I'm telling that. I'm no problem at all. I don't know well, Keith, you're doing. next to the press box, aren't you? Well, I'm just above it. That's what I'm saying. Are you in the press box, are you? Well, I am confirmed. The game hasn't been confirmed yet, but they were talking about it yesterday that would I do something or there was another one Stoke Burnley so I might mm. I might be there I'll pop, well, I'll, I'll pop I'll, your number off I'll send I'll you your number of Keithy he's interesting I'll throw the down the bowl of super you chilly on that can't no problem at all <laughs> top man Keith no problem actually I've got one thing to to talk about I don't know you've been in for an hour now but um, Tony Pulis he's been accused of fraudulent behaviour he's got to pay back 3.7 million John I know I read that I've got <laughs> I tell you, he's been absolutely shredded in court, hasn't he? Oh, I've read some of it. Well, well, a lot of it is ba- ba- basically uh, it was uh, about you know him leaving Palace, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he he's, he was trying to say that he he didn't want to leave, but it's been proved that he did. So he's got to pay that two million bonus back for keeping them in the Premier League, plus plus about another one point seven million, isn't it? Well, it was interesting. the end of all these fancy Armani suits I wear in the sixth <laughs> lane. He'll be dressing down from here on in, eh? That's why he's in a tracksuit, you see. Can't afford anything else. <laughs> this, the thing about Tony Pure is he always comes across as straight down the line, you know. He, he wants to do things the right way. And then he wants to leave the club because he's getting more more of a bunt. Yeah. But you've got, to, I, you've got to, I think to myself, well, was it his agent that was in charge of this? And he wanted his b- bit of money from it, and he thought, "Well, you've got another club after you. Why not?" Um, well, they, you say know, mo- they say money's the root of all evil, don't they? So yeah, if you got it, it's okay, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly haven't got three point seven million to pay. Greg. <laughs> it's shocking. So that's that's the thing, is that even even when Newcastle were in a bad spot, we were linked with Pulis for a long, long time. Yeah, it was never going to happen. I mean, I, I saw those stories. I, I checked them out at the time. It was mm. it was never a runner. Yeah, Mate, I was going to. He manages. He's another one, a perennial battler. Mm. He gets the most out of whatever teams he's got. And yeah, he mm. keeps Sunderland up. No problem with that. Mm. Ah, but I don't want him. I've agreed with you. So we steady on. <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was. I, I was going to say. Something. I forgot. I was going to say now. But um, the the interesting thing that was going to was going to happen in in the leagues. Um, with God, I forgot my train of thought. Never happens. Right. That always but, happens oh. to me on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, who, who, uh, when it comes to the when it comes to the managers, 
when it comes to a night out, who is who is the most out there who has fun? You would know, John. Yes, well, Sam's right up there. Yeah. Sam's England class. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, yeah, I mean, uh, who else is there? There's uh, Alex. Alex Ferguson's all right, you know, in company. You know, he he, he likes he likes a few. Uh, well, you can see with that red nose, he likes a, a, he likes his red wine. That's that's his favourite. The, the trouble the trouble is that the foreign managers they, they yeah. don't go out, do they? You know, no, it's not no. it's it's not. I mean, Arsene Wenger started all. I mean, I like Arsene as a bloke, but I don't think you'd have a night out with him. He'd be talking just, I don't know, French football all night, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> Kevin Keegan was good company. I've, I've, you know, in in the company with him before. Oh, goodness me, man, he gets a rumour late, doesn't he? Hairs on the back oh. of your neck, and I'm a Sunderland fan. He's just, he's just emotional, isn't he? Just no yeah. matter what. Every, everybody, everybody likes him, don't they? Everybody likes uh, him. Is, is he based all the time now in Dubai? Because I heard, I heard a whisper he's now becoming um, more involved with Liverpool. Yeah, he's more involved with Liverpool. He lives, um, he lives in Hale, uh, Cheshire. Um, still, still very interested in what's going on at Newcastle. You know, because Terry McDermott's his best mate, so mm. I get a few stories from Terry about Kevin. Um, I'm a yeah, tad surprised he's not on um, Monday Night Football because obviously he's back in the country. I'm yeah, surprised it's, that they it's, haven't made it's, a. It's strange. It's strange. I think he'd be open to it, but he yeah. seems to be yesterday's man as far as TV companies are concerned. But I mean, he's still charismatic. He's still got good opinions. Um, mm-hmm. I think. I'd rather hear his voice than Hoddle's. I can tell you that. I need oh yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Okay, that's the thing when you when you look at the media now, it's it's very much. Like you know, the same tired voices, and like even with Rio in there, it's yeah. you know they they it comes like a, a bit of a boys' club, and and that's the trouble, isn't it? And, I, and I've been saying this for a long time. There's hardly any women that I see on BT Sport. In fact, there's none. Mm. There's, you uh, know, there was a well, an England player was doing was it on Sky Sports the other day that one of the games, you know, they have the Muppets on, you know, with the the cans and everything. She, she, she did very well. She was she was covering one of the games, but mm. actually talking about women's football. I mean, you know, it's sort of been poo pooed over the years, but mm. it is starting to to grow now. Mm. You know, it is. Ma- Manchester City are getting gates of like four thousand. You know, at the academy, which is next door to the Etihad. I don't know if any of you have been to the Etihad uh, set up no, there. It's absolutely tremendous. I've been to the stadium, the ground, yeah. I've yeah. not been to the, the training well, facilities. Have you yeah. seen the uh, Have you seen the neighbouring facilities? Okay, uh, from from outside, yes, yeah, yeah it's oh, fantastic. fantastic. I mean, yeah, spent a lot of money. As you can see, a different world again, isn't yeah. it? That money's came in from elsewhere. That wasn't generated from program sales and scores. No, it's <laughs> <was it>? not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, is it? battle with yeah. us, too, you know. I mean, back to how we get a manager or getting what struggles over the last few years. It's, it is like your man cities, you know. When I think Andrew's asked me several times at the start of the season, who do you think you're going to sign, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Sunderland never signed anybody who was known to a fan. It just doesn't happen. We have to find the managers. We have to trust the manager and find somebody mm. scouting 
who's like an unknown but has it has an ability and I wouldn't know who would be looking to get in January. Whereas, like, you know, you get these Guardiola's in and they're, name, they're just naming their players. And we've all heard of them because they're all internationals, they're all uh, world-class and players. And they all cost about 15 million. Mm. Exactly, and that, that's how you do struggle. I mean, managers, you know, well, I think, God, Moyes didn't have to say that we're going to be struggling. Of course we know that we're Sunderland, you know. We're not Man United, we're not Chelsea. Well, not Manchester City with the billions of pounds to, to splash around. So we know but what we would like is to get in the top half for a time and give a couple of good couple of teams a good bloody nose now and again. Mm-hmm. Go home happy, bit of a cup run now and again. You know, yeah. like close to the semis. Fans have got to get something in return because it doesn't cost you less money to go to the stadium or like or St James's Park or the Riverside to what it does to go to Manchester or, or yeah. I'm sure there's some secrets or diggers, but we're still paying the same money for Premier League football to get in there so I think the club needs to give you a little bit more back and get your buzz in and that's it I see the manager's got to do that he's got to have something within him if he hasn't got the bank balance to fight them he's got to have motivation like what Sam had in spades you know Sean Dyche Sean Dyche at Burnley love him love him class yeah. back back to the patter when you get people on TV and you're seeing who's boring mm. he had a night out with him yeah, Sean, oh. Sean's, 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 in fact, I'm going to have a night out with him next Sunday, because uh, we've got a he's, dinner, he on, good dinner, crap, on, like, dinner on in Manchester, and he's, he's one of the guests, so he's, uh, he, he's usually one of the last to leave the bar. I imagine, you see him on Sop R.E.M., and then you just think, hi, I wouldn't mind being a night, night on the beer with him, he seems just good para, you know, really good guy, and uh, English as well, more to the point, mm-hmm. so, yeah, yeah. Chances, he'll never get it. And then Joe Blue just again, he'll he'll not have the tactics that not perceived to, to play. But cracking manager, yeah. I still Hughesy first though. But Dyche, mm. I wouldn't complain if he had a no. No, no, no I'd agree with that. It's interesting on uh, Hughes, isn't it? Because um, the, the I haven't heard any. Obviously, I heard rumblings at the start, but now it's calm. The, you know, it's calmed down. You can imagine he would. How many? How many? Uh, Fans kind of just st- st- stoke it. Is it twenty six or? Yeah, twenty six thousand usually every so, week. So forty, we get forty. Uh, how many is it? Something's forty six. Forty eight. Forty eight. So you can imagine something bigger. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in the eyes of you know, yeah. plus he, he probably knows Nal Quinn very well, so it wouldn't it wouldn't take much to. It, it'd be an interesting one though. I I think, but be, because they've you know they've gone all all in on they've gone all all in on. Um, when it comes to Moyes, you, you can't see it. Um, I can't see that oh, no, one happening. I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, I'm on about for the future. And to be yeah. honest, I've got to be happy with Moyes now. A couple of wins, stop mm. the rot. Expectation was low on Saturday. And not from him, by the way, but you know, the fans in general, we weren't mm. expecting too much from Anfield. Mm. But cracking on with the Moyes, we've got to give him a go at the start yeah. of the show there. Something we've just got to like, soldier on, get goals, grab the opportunities when we can shore up the defence and again that's down to Moyes to do that he's got a coach defending them these players by the way aren't nuggets they're still professional footballers who have got a degree of skill they've just got to be managed and organised to do that and that's where Moyes has to earn his cut so I'm not totally unhappy with them yeah but I thought on on Saturday he actually had them really well drilled I was quite you know they seemed to know what they were doing he upset you and clock didn't he he did that's all square exactly (laughs) 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 
Clubs started to see that, like, you know, they were the underdogs because we had won two wins in a row. But that was just pat as well, you know. But yeah. hey, we didn't do bad. We had to, we had to play accordingly. Uh, yeah. You know, you change your team around or you change your style around. So Moyes did actually do a job. It proved that he, he had a, a plan in mind. Uh, it wasn't probably the prettiest one, but it was there to try and frustrate them, and he'd done that. Well, well in fairness to you, Keith, if you turned up playing football, you'd probably lost 6 0, wouldn't you? So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And we could always nick the goal, so, I mean, we hit the post yeah. a couple of times, so it sort of pulled you out of it. I think we were the last one before and never had a shot on target under Wilkinson probably about 10, 12, 13 years ago, mm. of our history, and was probably mm. the most disastrous ever. But. Um, <laughs> Well, we did not have a shot on target against Liverpool. I've got, to, I've, I've got to bring in uh, Kevin a second. So, have you got any uh, issue? Have you, have you um, obviously, we were talking about Bob Cass earlier. Uh, Keith, did did you follow a, uh, Bob Cass? Because one of the best um, journalists you could probably get. Yeah, the voice of the radio, you know, when you, when you yeah. the sound that you just hear it as a kid when you're growing up. Bob Cass was just literally, you know, he, he would always be referred to, you'd hear his voice, he has one of them tones, so, you know, I didn't know him personally at all, but it's just, he would always be on my radio, so, mm-hmm. it's a shame, like, he, he was a decent guy, I loved the, actually the tone of his voice as well, mm-hmm. he yeah. just, he was just like something like from my childhood, growing right up to mm-hmm. like now, you know, you would yeah. hear him, so, I seem like a cracking, cracking fella, and obviously to keep the job that long and still be popular, uh, it takes some skill, so uh, he will be in this. It's going to be a griff. No matter what happens, I think the funeral is going to be a who's who. Yeah, of, it'll be yeah. absolutely amazing. Plus, I'm sure, I'm sure eventually you'll do a book as well. For him as well, John. Oh, boy. I thought Bob was going to do a book. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you know something that we didn't, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine you doing it. I tell you, I wouldn't be surprised because it'd be a bomb burner. I tell you, I think. Yeah, it would be. But thanks for so coming on, uh, Keith. I've got to be, be no the next person online. I'll, yeah, I'll pass your digits. Thanks. I'll pass your digits on to um, to John right. later on. Okay. Enjoy speaking to you, Keith. All the best. Cheers, All Keith. Thanks. Cheers, mate. Ta-ra-da. I'll bring in uh, Gallagher. Are you still okay to continue, yeah, John? You okay? Another ten, another ten minutes because I'm, okay, I'm out of that bus. Okay, no problem. I'll, I'll bring in Gallagher. Gallagher, Kev. He's been on uh, the show last yeah. season a number of times. Good evening, Kev. How are you? Aye, at, uh, so well, obviously we're talking about Bob Cass. It can, was he one of your favourite uh, journalists when when uh, everything regards to Newcastle? Before my time, I think to be honest with you, mate. <laughs> oh, was it? Okay. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. so what did hey, you? We're not that old, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, you, you obviously um, Newcastle keeping uh, Benitez. You must be over the moon, mate, are you? Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll start the season off, um, well, we'll start the season off a bit poorly, didn't we, the first couple yeah. of games, but um, since then, you know, we've, we've came on 10th to 10th, um, obviously a step back on Saturday, but, you know, we're never going to continue for the full season, is it, so, you, you know, we've just got to pick ourselves up now and dust, dust ourselves off. Yeah, have you have you met uh, Rafa? Because obviously you've got, you've got uh, your right. things going with uh, your um, charity, right? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to charity, um... It was actually a coincidence that he was at a, um, the Westgate Road Community Centre um, mm-hmm. where they were doing the, the Castle Foundation were doing a thing up there and I was up there playing football myself with some friends and he was up there at the time. I bumped into him and said hello, had a quick chat. Um, I, you know, he, he's a very down-to-earth guy and I, I what he does for charity as well. He, you know, he cares about the, the community that he, that he works in as well, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I said to John earlier, I said, um, he's... he's 
you know, obviously I run I run to the gated engines every day, and uh, th- he was there himself, obviously looking around. But uh, it's it's interesting that um, he wants to get involved uh, with trying to make the Gated Angel uh, a bit more of a tourist because when you go there, I don't know if you've probably been there past there loads of times, John. But I'll there isn't, there's nothing there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, is there? Pays Basically, my respects. <laughs> no, and it was a great place to have a pee. No, you're right. There's nothing there. It needs something. It's like obviously with the with the cuts in in social services, it wouldn't it it wouldn't need too much, would it? You can get a sponsor to to come in there. You see some trucks that arrive there and give tea out and stuff like that. But there's a couple of benches, but there's nothing there. It's like it's it's one of the it should be one of the most famous well, things. Well, the thing are. is, I mean, I, I obviously I don't live up in the northeast now, yeah. but I live down here. But everybody does know about the Angel of the North. You know, mm. it's it's that big, isn't it? So. Mm. You know, you do need something. Mm. Might as well cash in on its uh, popularity. Mm. Well, what, what do you think on the? We were talking earlier about Mitrovic, Kev. Um, yeah. I heard he had a he had a stinker on Saturday. Um, are you yeah. of the mind that he's he's you know he'll do a job this season, but we should yeah. move on from him, even though he seems to be very popular amongst the fan base. Um, no, I, would, I mean I wouldn't move on from him. He's still a young lad. Um, you know, you've got got time on his hand to, to develop into a, into a top player. Um, I certainly wouldn't move on. I think he was unfairly dropped, to be honest with you, um, because he was having a good run of form both for Newcastle and internationally. So I, I think he was unfairly dropped. Granted, he, he played poorly on um, on Saturday, but let's be honest, the whole team played poorly. Um, there wasn't one player on the pitch that would probably hold the head up and say, yeah, I've had a decent game today. Um, so no, I'm, when it comes to Mitrovic, give him time, and he'll come good. Um, you've seen the signs; the signs are there. Yeah, you've had a good one, a little bit of a good one of form recently. So, you know, it's all about bedding players, and that's how I get the best out of them eventually. Um, are you excited for tomorrow? Yes, yes. Well, it does. Um, big game, isn't it? Big <laughs> you know, game, massive, it's, isn't it? It's, it's a shame that Hull won't play the, play the game and give him a few more tickets, mind, but. Um, yeah, it's a huge um, semi-final against anyone. You know, this is how you, you sort of think you win tomorrow night. Anything can happen. You know, it's, it's at that stage now where you won away from two legs. So. Yeah. Do you think it's a bit strange that uh, Hull haven't given Newcastle a lot more tickets, uh, John? Well, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, don't get it. Is, it. is it done for safety reasons, or I mean, it's certainly not done for financial reasons, isn't it? Because obviously they could could cash in, but. Um, mm. How many are they getting? That's two and a half thousand. Are you, go, are you going there, Kev? Yeah, yeah, I've got my ticket. I'm going down after work. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's like, you know, like you said, it's extremely disappointing that who are, are doing this. Um, whether it's on police advice, I'm not, I'm not sure, because they're still trying to sell their, their tickets as they would. Yeah. You think with, with what's happened with their owners, etc., and their fans protesting, not selling, I mean, they've sold 7,000 tickets. So it's going to be 12,000 in the 25,000 seat there. You think Hull would be right? He has another yeah, 2,500 seats. You know? Well, well, it's good news for Newcastle, yeah. isn't it? I mean, if it's a, a poor atmosphere. Oh, well, well, from Hull's point of view. I mean, I think the 7,000 um, fans there, so I've got a good feeling there'll be a number of Newcastle fans who've got their tickets as well. I think there will be oh. as well. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, is it, is, it, is it a PL on the door? Or is it just a ticket only? I think um, they announced their opening turn styles. Oh, they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you're asking for trouble there. Aren't you? People are just going to turn up. <laughs> it's yeah. like you would that's think they would want to. That's a beef for disaster, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's like how crazy as crazy as that. But like, um, what do you think the score is going to be? I've got, I've got to bring Steve Hasty on a minute. But six fifteen. Six fifteen. That's off. That's off NUFC dot com. Okay. Date from Hull City. Your turnstiles will open at six fifteen. Allow plenty of time for journey to your stadium. Um, and you can the self-service kiosk at the stadium that you can buy tickets from from five pm. <laughs> It's, it's going to be a bit lively, lad. <laughs> you, can't, you can't believe that's a Premier League club doing that, can you? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like a bit like Villa, isn't it? Villa have closed their stadium. But they're, they're another one with a bonkers owner, aren't they? You know, <laughs> in, in, in who wants to change their name and do yeah. all kinds. And, and this is the problem, is they get these ideas that this is going to work and then try and transport it wonderfully in uh, uh, football culture, and it doesn't work. It just doesn't work, because... Yeah. They're not really understanding what the what they're buying into, and this is the when you were mentioning about Chinese owners earlier. That's the danger of bringing Chinese owners in. We all know they've got lots of money. God, we know that in this part of the world, and we see the Chinese teams in the in the Asian Champions League. You know, um, they've just brought Asamoah Gyan back to Al Ahly, and the Chinese club that he's from are still paying two thirds of his wages. It's nuts. <laughs> it's interesting. I think. Uh, Borny's being linked with <laughs> with corner China as well, and Mark Hughes is trying to say, uh, you've probably heard this one. Fans, uh, but the Stoke fans hope that's true. <laughs> You're not a fan? No, no. I, I, I could not believe when Manchester City signed him. I mean, he'd, he'd done all right with Swansea, but mm. I mean, they paid, I think, 28 million. Mm. I thought, I know fees have gone stupid, but I thought, no, I can't see it. And he didn't do a tap for Manchester City, and then, of course, he had this season-long loan at Stoke and hasn't done anything for Stoke. Mm. No. Yeah, we, I think completely overpriced and overrated as far as I'm concerned. It's interesting. Newcastle were linked with uh, Borny a while ago, Kev. Uh, yeah. Do you like him? No, I'm not. No, he had one good season, like you say, um, Johnson. One good season with um, Swansea, but Man City came in with that. That cash book didn't. Mm. You know, just blew it pretty away. Uh, yeah. He's not. He's not. He, he's a. He's a decent footballer, but he's not top notch. He's. He's someone mm-hmm. I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't want at Newcastle. I, would, I like the skills. It's going to be one of the best. I like Gale will be one of the best signs we've made in the while. I'll be honest with you. I think yeah. the score goes in the Premier League though, as well. Yeah, I think we're going to. Yeah. I think we're going to try and get more players from Bournemouth. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think Thanks so much for coming old, on, Kev. I've got to bring I, somebody else in. I think an old favourite will be coming back next summer. Let's talk about that in a minute. Hold on a sec. <laughs> Th- thanks a lot, Kev. Thanks for coming on. We'll catch no you next man. week, OK? No thanks, problem. mate. Cheers, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Cheers. Well, we're going to bring in Steve Hasty because I, I know he was a fan of Bob Cask. Go, hi, Steve. How are you? I'm fine. You're just you're just going to have a go at me about my age there, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's your, our era. His era. He is, he is. Yeah, I mean, everybody remembers Bob because uh, in, if you go back to the to the time when Kevin was, was here as, as manager... Um, you know, Bob got all the stories. Bob was the the, the, the folk pin along with along with John Gibson. I think probably the two of them arm wrestled to get the best stories out of Kevin <laughs> and what was happening at St James's Park at the time. Uh, and and I think he was probably well connected with the Magpie Group as well. So uh, with with those connections that he had, he, he was I think they used you know each other, uh, the Magpie Group and Bob to make sure that uh, they could, they could uh, really sort of. Uh, Twist the knife into McKeague and uh, and the board at, the, at that particular time. There were some great stories came out. He, he was always uh, he was always the man for the for the exclusive, as you've already said this evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that uh, it, it, 
I think the best way to describe him is probably old school. Spot on, absolutely spot on. Well said. It's yeah. like uh, <laughs> you were just about to you were just about to tell us Newcastle are going to get linked with a, an, an old favourite, uh, John. So go ahead with that one, and we'll talk more before you have to pop off. Plays for West Ham. I would Big love Andy. that. Big Andy. It has to be. Yeah, instead of Mitrovic, that'd do nicely, wouldn't it? The thing is, like, what, the, the, the problem's always been with Andy is the figure, is the price tag. And the injuries, of course. Oh, yeah. The injuries more than the figure. <laughs> That's the problem with Andy Carroll. I mean, the, the lifestyle, um, the, the, the fact that he, he's been carrying injuries for God knows how long now. Uh, I think... It, one of the advantages of Andy come back is we're pretty close to the RBI, so uh, you know, he, can, he, can, he can nip him back and forward, can't he? But uh, I mean, there's a lot of people like Andy Carroll. Like, yeah. you know, a lot of fans still got a, a, a mm. soft spot for him, although he did get absolute pelters when he went yeah. to Liverpool and came back to St James's Park, if I remember rightly. And oh, uh, yeah. if, if, the, if the truth be known, I, the, he's, he's, he's never been the same player since. No. He, he couldn't, he couldn't turn down thirty-five million. Though, could no. He? Oh no, no, quite. Absolutely, you know, but at, at the time we were all shouting ball and saying we had to turn down 35 million simply because of what was going on. I think Newcastle was mm. was an absolute basket case then and it continued yeah. to be a basket case for an awful long time after. But as you guys have been saying, uh, quite rightly, things have, have, have certainly turned this season. Uh, Rafa has been given total control of, of, uh, of what's happening off on and on the pitch. Um, I th- it's an interesting one you, you mentioned about, about Rafa and whether he'd met uh, Mike Ashley. Mm-hmm. I think he has met Mike Ashley one or two times. I think if, if my memory serves me right, he did say at the start of the season that uh, he asked to sit down with Mike Ashley um, when it came to the, the point of, uh, of wanting that 10-day sort of uh, mm-hmm. spell that we had where we didn't know whether he was going to stay or go. Um, I think he got the assurances that, he's, that he needed. And uh, you know he's, he's got some good people around him. He's got a he's got a team that he's always worked with, and he's doing it his way. And uh, it certainly paid off for us. I think. Uh, although if you look at Saturday, Saturday's game, I think the one thing you know I was I was disappointed with the result, but I was disappointed as well with the fact that even though I think we had the fourth or fifth biggest crowd in Europe on Saturday, the atmosphere for some mm. reason was absolutely flat. Um, it was like that before the game. It was like that walking up to the match. And, then, and it was like that in, inside the ground for long, long periods. Mm. And it's strange how we, we, we get that into that sort of situation, you know, whether it's complacency. I was going to say, um, maybe it's complacency, you know, yeah. expected to beat Blackburn, end of story. You know? That's right. And, of course, the, everything in the press. I'm, I'm not blaming the press, guys, by the way, but everything no. in the press in the build-up to the, to the, to the game, you know, was, was the, 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 the big sort of breaking Kevin's record, etc. Um, but it didn't come. Blackburn, I think we, we played the wrong type of tactics. I mean, we played into the hands with Mitrovic on his own with two big central defenders, didn't we? Who basically just uh, sat on him, quite frankly. And he wasn't getting the support from Perez. He wasn't getting the feeding from the two wingers who both had poor games. I think there was an awful lot of players on that pitch at least half a dozen of them who were totally out of form on Saturday, and uh, whether they're looking, whether they were looking towards the cup match on Tuesday night, and then we've got another big game, in Nottingham Forest on Friday night, you know. So you're never too sure what's going on with with players, are you, on what's going on with with, uh, with behind the scenes and mentally. But uh, it, it was it was a strange, strange Saturday, I must admit. 
Hello. Hello. We're still there. I'm still here. Are you still there? <laughs> I'm still here. Yes, the thing. Uh, when it, I think uh, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about all of this, is that the difference is that I think when we had a manager we didn't kind of believe in, it would be a bigger deal than what it it probably is. And and I think the fact that Rafa's probably realised the mistake, even though I did listen to him at the end of the game, and um, he did say that. Uh, he was asked, do you think he made too many changes? And the, the answer was no. Uh, it's just that the players didn't perform. And I'm, I'm just imagining, like John said, <laughs> when, when, the mic, when the microphone's off. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think he realised he dropped a ricket, but he's allowed to, isn't he? He hasn't dropped many. Yeah, I think, and I think the, the other thing is as well, is that it's given Rafa the opportunity. Yes, he, he may have feared as though he made a rick, but it's given him the opportunity to see what he's got in his squad and when he wants to call on certain players, whether those players have got the heart for it mm. um, after they've been out for a few games and then to come in firing on all cylinders because that's important. And maybe he thought that he had players mm. who could do that and now it's, it's possibly a little bit of doubt in his mind. He's mm. thinking, you know what? I can't rely on that player as much as I thought I could. And this is yeah. what this is the art of good management, isn't it? You know, well, you're, you're, you're assessing your squad continuously for lots and lots of different things, both mm-hmm. skill and what they, what they like mentally. And when you're calling on them to do certain things, you know, you expect it to happen as a professional sportsman. John, spot on. Uh, he's certainly uh, well. I, I think his mind was made up before the game, but a certain centre forward, he certainly endorsed his view. Yeah, that's I think be, that's why I'd be off next summer. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, he's, it, I actually thought if he's not going to play, if he played Mitrovic on Saturday, he's leading with the fact that he's going to play Murphy on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I feel a bit guilty having to go with Mitrovic because he he does wear his heart on his sleeve and mm. he does give a hundred percent. You know, and I can forgive any player that he's just not a natural finisher, and you know, I think that's what cost us dearly last season. And it'll cost us again. He he just doesn't. He's just not a natural goal scorer. He's certainly not an Alan Shearer, is he? Well, the thing oh, is, you got when you've got no pace, it's a killer mm. for a, any team. And like, I've, I, 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 well, and I don't he, will, he will he will improve, but I don't. He will improve. I, I don't yeah, think he'll improve to this. Uh, I don't think he's a twenty goal a season man. Yeah, and we need that because you know, if we do go into the Premier League, you know, you, the, the one thing that it's been proved yeah. is that speed kills. And yeah, you know you need like look at I suppose you could even look at Benteke. Benteke might not be the best of all, but you, if you if he does well, you, you you're more or less he's going to score fifteen to twenty. Yeah, I was I was I thought Benteke was badly treated at Liverpool. Didn't have uh, enough yeah. opportunities. Well, you know, Liverpool Liverpool have ruined two of our you know <laughs> ruined all our players, hasn't he? Really, let's be honest. <laughs> Like when I, I must be, when I felt the same way when Andy Carroll left the way when Supermac left. Yeah. I was bereft, yeah. bereft of it. But I know you've got to, I know you've got to go, John. Uh, you go, you're going out, aren't you? But um, I'll get in, I'll get in touch with you. We'll give you uh, Keith's number, okay, and we'll be in touch because I need yeah. we'll try and get more people that, that I know yeah. on the show. No, so really enjoyed, Andrew. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure having you. You've been an absolute diamond, and uh, uh, you know I look forward to the book. It should be a bomb bit of that book. Terry Mack. That's another sale then. Mark <laughs> my, my pleasure. I'll buy one as my, well. I'll buy one as well. I'll, I'll buy one. <laughs> All the best for the rest of the season. Thanks a lot, yeah. John. We'll have you again next Cheers, soon. Okay. Thank Cheers now. Thanks, John. Bye. Cheers now. Thanks. So, so, you, so Steve, you reckon that um, 
obviously we're all looking forward to tomorrow now. It'll yeah. be an, it's going to be an in. Obviously, I think the big guns are going to play um, tomorrow. Oh, I, I think I think I think Rafa. I, I think you did have one eye on on what definitely did. Uh, you know, there's no question about that. Um, but you know, he's, he's played Mitrovic in three games now uh, off the belt. It, it, we didn't provide him with any service whatsoever on Saturday, and I know we can criticise him, and I know he's not your favourite player, and he's not, he's not. Uh, he's, I'm, I'm sure you're not on his Christmas card list because he's not on yours, you know. But <laughs> the lad got no service whatsoever, you know. No, no, he, he didn't even get the, he didn't get the loose chippings, you know. There was just nothing there for him, um, because so many of them, Andrew, were off form. So many of them just weren't at the, at the races. The passes were going astray. The first touch seemed to, have been, seemed to have gone. We had players slipping over as though they were wearing carpet slippers at times. I mean, he made the changes at the back. Gomez looked okay but it, going forward, but he looked very, very exposed um, when he was expected to be defending. Um, Yedlin, he, he, he didn't look as settled as he has in previous games. Um, the only one who really looked as <laughs> was okay was Kieran Clark, to be honest, mm. because again... Uh, you look at Mbemba, yeah, Mbemba was on the pitch and, and he, he, he looked a shadow of the player that we had last season when he was really one of our, our star Best performers one, and I thought we had this man mountain of a defender that's mm-hmm. going to be dominating the, 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 the centre-back position for Newcastle for the next mm-hmm. 10 seasons, you know, because yeah. he, he looks the part. But a, a very, very poor game. Distribution was poor. His positional play seemed to be out. And whether or not it's because he hasn't played for a long time, um, or whether it's whether it is a language issue, which I think a lot of people have have put it uh, against him um, at the club because he, he's not uh, speaking uh, English uh, very well. And obviously, the, 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 when you look at the, the back four, I mean, obviously, Kieran Clark's come in and, and at the start of the season. Nobody would have expected him to be holding down a first team place. No. To be perfectly honest, um, because of where he was coming from and. and I know that a lot of a lot of people who follow the Republic of Ireland feel as though he's a bit of a liability, but I tell you what, the guy has has put in some stolen performances for us. He looks composed. He he looks as though when the ball is there, he can win the headers. He's, he drops off well, and you know it, it's strange how how things turn in football, mm. and and obviously the big turn for for any Newcastle fan is it, Gufran. And the yeah. fact that we, we had people sitting around me who are good, we need to bring Gufran on, you know. <laughs> These people at last season were the ones who are, would have been hurling dogs abuse at them to get them off the pitch, you know. Well, and, that's, and yeah. that's actually turn those players, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, bringing in Chris Parry has been on for a few weeks from the US. Uh, please tell me you're not on the bloody golf course. I'm not going to accept it. Good evening, Chris. How are you? I'm doing fine, guys. How about you? Not, not too bad. So obviously we're talking about the result on um, on Saturday. What was what's been your? Um, I think uh, what what Steve said there. It was the fans are flat going in. So you would suggest that if it's flat going in, uh, yeah, it's up to the players to give us something back. And obviously it didn't happen. I think there was just some complacency. But I mean, yeah. if you if you talk to Newcastle fans and you ask them which game they would have either won Saturday or Tuesday, I think every one of us are going to say Tuesday. Uh, it's uh, they just didn't play well. I mean, they didn't play. It's sometimes you, they're on such a nice winning run and everything's going great and and balls are hitting off you know the, the, you know balls are hitting off the post and hitting off the cross to keep them out and. 
it, it just didn't it just didn't happen. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. In what you're hoping is that that's not a trend. That's just a one-off. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of been what it's been like under Rafa Benitez. He does not allow that to take place. You're like, they may get away with that one game, but I imagine there's going to be you know one match, and I imagine there's going to be a massive change. Well, let me just mute. I'm going to mute Steve because he's he's in the he's getting his breakfast he's getting his dinner by the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> you know the interesting thing about um, uh, the the weekend is obviously um, Mitrovic getting pelters because it, you know it wasn't just him really was it, it was the, the whole team. But the interesting thing is obviously John Richardson mentioned that which I'm hoping is true that uh, Andy Carroll could end up being back in Newcastle probably for a reduced fee. That would be an interesting thing to happen if if they are going to shop um, Mitrovic, which I've always thought they would. I don't know, guys. I mean, doesn't it seem. I mean, Mitrovic Mitrovic wants to be here, though. You know, Andy Carroll was always injured. I mean, I know that you know we all love him as Newcastle, but we're talking four years ago mm. that he did all this stuff at St. James. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, he's definitely one thing about Mitrovic that we know. He does not really create a lot for himself. He does mm-hmm. need service. Whereas you know, we all know that Carroll can somehow can pop up even when it doesn't seem like it's going well. He has the ability to get the ball, take it himself, control, and make and you know, and, and make a play. And it does seem like Mitchell is more reliant, you know, on a Shelby or on a you know, on on just on just the service that he receives. And he didn't receive very much service. <laughs> but I mean, really, the whole team didn't play well. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it because it wasn't shown. But I could just look at tweets. Um, I was actually flying back from Philadelphia after going to New York City for Thanksgiving, and uh, I could just look at all the tweets during my entire week and could tell, wow, they really are not playing well today. Yeah, it was interesting that the crowd. What you never think Newcastle crowd would go in there complacent because normally, Steve, you just you. Ex- you know, a tackle comes in, the crowd get up, and but I think, do you think maybe the six changes, you know, knocked us off kilter. And, no, and no, no. There's there's a bit of a malaise. It's not it's not just on on Saturday. I mean, there's been there's been a few games this season where you know the the crowd is flat. The mm. the atmosphere seems to have drifted away from uh, you know the the. the, the Constant singing and the, and the, and they're getting behind the team. It would seem to be more of a you know we're, we're all sitting down and, and the, the lads with the flags have done fantastic before mm. the match to try and raise um, you know some sort of atmosphere on a few of the games this season. But it, it, it's not it's not every game you know that, that, that that's happening and it's 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 intermittent you know it's it's, it's something happening for a specific reason. But there's certainly. Uh, uh, Flatness about the crowd, whether or not we're just sitting there and watching what's going on, waiting. We are playing more of a possession game, a passing game. Uh, maybe we're just all enthralled by that, you know, and it's taken us by surprise. I'm not sure. Um, but it, there is definitely a, a, an atmosphere, a change of atmosphere to what what it has been. But this isn't this isn't new. You know, this is this mm-hmm. has been going on for for a couple of seasons now, where you know there's only certain games where fans seem to be, you know, mm. right behind, right from the first minute, the, the cheering, the singing, the, 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 the you know, up out your seats and that them type of sort of raucousness that we're, we've often been used to, you know. And I can't Steve, put do you think the fans are kind of getting, 
Steve, do you think the fans are kind of getting the habit of looking at the fixture list, and when they don't mm-hmm. see the likes of the, you know the Tottenham's and the mm-hmm. and just the Premiership teams that they're used to seeing, that yeah. they're just it, not coming yeah. with the same energy? Yeah. It could be, but I mean, it, even during the Premiership games last season, there was times. But obviously, the excuse then was the fact that we were playing very, very badly and we were getting taken the cleaners. Um, you know, the results were, were looking up. We had other things that were were on our on our radar that was the manager, you know, and the performances he was putting in. That the results weren't going our way, you know. Um, I, I, I just can't put a finger on it at the moment, um, and I don't think I think there's probably quite a lot of people struggling to to work that one out. Um, it yeah, does seem good on the game and the atmosphere is fantastic. Gets... Sorry, go ahead, Steve, Steve, Andrew. It does seem the team the team gets better. It seems like the team gets better fans and support away from St James, and that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. always hearing about how loud. The new, I mean, you can hear them on the radio. You know, cause we, you know, all I can really do is listen to it on the radio from here in the States now because it's not on TV. But you can hear the Newcastle fans over the, home, over, uh, you know, the, the, the other home team's fans. So you definitely get the away for it. Yeah, it's always been like that away from home, though. The away from, it's as though that there's an extra, an, an extra buzz because you, you're, you're out there and you're, you're wearing the shirt because you've traveled and you've gone on to somebody else's territory and you're letting them know that you're there. And you know it's it's it, it's a it's a it's a chest out type of you know we can show them even in adversity even if we're getting hammered we'll, we'll still sing for the ninety minutes we're proud of who we are mm. we're proud of our team etc. And yet at home when there's, mm. when there's sometimes you know ten fifteen times more people there mm. um, it 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 tends to be a, a flat like that you know. Um, Neil, what do you think? It's it, the interesting thing is it. That when you look at it, it's like we've lost how many games now at home? We've lost three or four? Three, I can't remember. three, three out of four. Three games. Three, three games. Three game. And it's, you know, I think it's always been a. When was the last time Newcastle at home have had a. a it's been a fortress. I think, I think Steve's right. It hasn't been that way for a number of seasons. So it's not just a. I think the fact that we lost so many games with Pardew there, and obviously then led, led to McLaren. I think even with Benitez. You can go back to when I was still regular at St James's before I left, left the UK. There was plenty of times where there was, there was absolutely zero atmosphere on mm. the ground. Mm. And it's like where they would turn up and expect to be entertained. Mm. And, and therefore, if it doesn't happen, we don't know what to do. Um, is it time to seriously open the discussion about safe standing and allow yeah. groups of lads to get back together again? Is that what we need? Do we need that bit of terrorist banter and camaraderie back? Because I remember, I mean, um, Steve, Steve obviously, as is, is people probably realise, sits with my dad in it's in James's, and in that role that Steve and my dad sit in, they used to be twelve of it together, and mm-hmm. this, it, there isn't now. Um, and then prior to when everything became all, when everything became all seated, there was that group of twelve lads. We got split and scattered to all four corners of the ground as as things got redeveloped and people got moved. And it took about five seasons to get those seats back together again. It took mm-hmm. a long time. And it, and it, 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 you know, I think there is something about the. Um, we need to learn almost to generate our own atmosphere yeah. again. There was five lads behind us, just to, just to the to the left of us, 
um, who didn't come back for the second half, and there was five, mm-hmm. two rows down from us. There was five empty seats all the way through the second half, and there was one seat next to us in our row, just literally next to me, where somebody didn't even turn up. And, and I'm thinking, what's going on? You know, it was supposed to be a full house. Yeah. The worst seats dotted around that were empty, um, in, in straight opposite us in the east stand. There was you know, one or two seats you could see, little, little groups. But the, the fact that the lads never came back at all time, obviously you said, you know what, I might as well just sit downstairs, have another couple of beers and watch it on the box. It is. It, because it was, that type yeah. of, it was that type of game. You knew at all time what was going on. You just thought, this isn't, this isn't us, you know? It's, yeah. it's interesting, Chris, isn't it? When you, when you think, um, obviously we're out of the Premier League, um, I don't. I think I don't think anybody really expected like fifty-two thousand to turn up weekly. I certainly didn't, even with Rafa there. But the thing is, it, it you know we, we can make excuses for Newcastle not turn up, which they didn't, of course. But um, it is a definitely a a lower grade of football you're watching, and maybe we're going to find well we're going to find out, aren't we? Because you know the next couple of weeks, but uh, how what the reaction is? Because I think Neil's right before what he said before. It's you know it, sometimes you need this just to to get the fan base going again, right, Chris? Well, guys, I think we're also patting ourselves on the back too much as fans. Now, granted, I can't go to the games themselves, mm-hmm. but I can watch. I watch them on on you know watch them and listen to them on the radio, and it's mm-hmm. always the talk of the fifty two thousand and this and that. Well, you can have fifty two thousand people in a stadium and still not have an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could be it could be packed to the rafters. But still, I mean, if everyone's if if everyone's just kind of sitting there watching the match and not really uh and not really you know being boisterous, it's it, it doesn't create much of an atmosphere. It creates a visual atmosphere, you know, visual spectacle, but not a you know not much uh, in in the, in regards to noise. But guys, wouldn't you say all season long that Newcastle have really not played well at home? I mean, there's been a couple games I think where they ran out and did. Of course, the game obviously the game against Norwich was amazing. And that was the game that you know kind of got the season going, and I thought really, really kicked everything on. But there's been a lot of matches where they just don't seem to play well at St. James's Park, and to me, that's kind of weird. Yeah, the, the, I think the, the Reading, uh, the Brighton game, they played well. They played some lovely football, mm-hmm. um, but we're playing against a good football team, and that football team came with a came with a, a, a manner in which they wanted to play. They tried to catch us on the break. We played the ball around them, through them. They had little spells during the game where they could have, they could have caught us, um, but it it was a very combative game. Um, it was played at pace. It was played with a passion, um, and whether that was because of the two managers, you know, uh, and and the fact that Chris Hooten was back and you know he wanted to prove something because his team did play very well, but we played better than them that day. Um, whether you know whether the, the, it, a lot of, you know it, it takes two two teams to to make a football match and you know on Saturday the Blackburn came with to do a job. I George Neil's dad was before the game. He said he watched them coming out the coach and he he, he said they looked like a beaten team. He said the manager walked off the pit off the coach and you know it, it was a good thirty forty seconds before any other team managed to get their backsides out of their seats and pick their bags up and come off. You know, the manager came sprinting off the coach and the rest of them come bedraggled, sort of wandering through and up the stairs and in and ones and twos. And George said, you know what? He says, they look like a beaten team, Steve, when, I, when they came off. And the style of football that they played was very much, 
one paced, um, flat, everybody behind the ball. Um, we couldn't break them down. There was no, we didn't have the players on the pitch to break them down. We weren't going round them and getting crosses in. When we did, the crosses were sniffled out by a big central defenders who, you know, stood their ground. They, they had one person up front, um, ably supported, and that was that was Danny Graham, ably supported by, a, 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 well, I suppose you could call a twin striker. Um, in Gallagher, who, who then got injured and, and for long spells of the game wasn't in the game at all. But it was it was one of those where the longer the game went on, and the kid next to it, just along from us, 10 seconds before the, the goal went in, he goes, I can see them nicking a goal here. 10 <laughs> seconds later, the ball went in. You turned around to him and said, you know, you said, hey, that, well done, son, you spotted that one. Or you wanted to punch him on the face for opening his mouth, you know. <laughs> Because you're like, oh, and what did you, what do you say that for? But it, and that was it, you know. I mean, they had, a, they had a, there was a great save by Darlo, um, but you'd expect that, you know. If somebody has a has an, an effort, you expect your goalkeeper to, you know, at least get in and, and, and do his best to, to stop it, you know. Um, the thing is, in Newcastle, it, yeah, Chris, when it comes to with Newcastle, I think if you know, it's interesting, isn't it? We, if they're having a bad game, you'll accept a, a draw. But with Newcastle, it's never in between, isn't it? It's, a, it's either a loss or a win, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, but guys, at least it's not a hiding this year. I mean, you know, yeah. when they lose, it's 1-0. It's not you know, 4-0, 5-0. Yeah. Now, maybe that's because of the level of competition that they're playing. Mm. But it, does, it did seem – and just judging by what I was seeing on Twitter, if Newcastle would have scored a goal, I think that they would have run away with, from Blackburn because then all of that – Everything that they were trying to do, they were trying to bunker in, all that stuff would have ended, and they would have had to actually come out and play. But the problem is, is teams are coming into St. James's Park, and they have one goal and one goal only, and that's to either tie or try to nick a goal. And until Newcastle plays with the, plays with the style at home to just go at teams and, and, and get them out of that, I think it's going to be like this throughout the season. Every once, when teams have come ready to at Newcastle, then you have what happened at Brighton, where they had just that beautiful passage of play with all the different passes and then the goal. But the majority of teams seem like they have no problem just coming to St. James and trying to make it 0-0 and muck the whole thing up. Do you think, Chris, when it comes to um, the, one of the teams to watch now, it's going to be Villa, isn't it? Because with Steve Bruce in there, you can, you can imagine them making a push now, can't you? I'd like nothing more than to have both Villa and Newcastle pop back up. At the end of the year, look, I know Villa. We all, every one of us, have every right to be pissed off at Villa, the fans, for their idiocy whenever Newcastle went down, you know, the first time. But I mean, but I think I think I think the Premiership's a better is better with Villa and Newcastle in it. I really don't think those teams have every, any business being where they are right now. Um, and to, it'll be even better because Sunderland will be down, <laughs> and then Newcastle will be. Well, I think uh, it's the thing about yeah. Sunderland. I can't see. I, I think with Moyes, even though he's, he's getting a few pelters here and there, I think he's back in his comfort zone of where he was, obviously at Everton. I think with a few, with a few um, additions uh, to the team, obviously they're going to get rid of a few players as well. I, I can imagine, but um, I can't see. You know, people think Sunderland are going to do this, isn't it? I don't think. I think they'll, the way they were set up on on Saturday, I've, I've already said with with Keith that they look they look far better than what they've done in a long, long time. And I I think you'll you I think uh, I think you'll I think you'll get them you'll get them playing. Neil, take over for a second, will you? 
that have been thrown, mate? <laughs> Where was Andrew going there? I don't know. Um, okay, anyway. No, I, I, what, I, I mean, look, the one thing about Moyes is he's going to have them. He will, if, as long as they do not do the dumbest thing possible and try to set him, I think Moyes will definitely have the guys roll. He will have them come out and put a shift in every single game. We always knew that about Everton, which is why I think Man United made the biggest mistake when they, when they didn't let him actually have a chance. And, you know, Man U deserves everything that's happening to them right now. Um, but uh, so look, I, I would like Sunderland to stay up because I love watching Newcastle and Sunderland play twice a year. And I think the, I think, I think the Magpies deserve, you know, to give the, to give the Mackums a good hiding a couple times at least. I mean, my goodness. But uh, right now, guys, I think it's kind of just full steam ahead. You, you, mm-hmm. you take the loss. Hopefully they come and they beat the hole tomorrow and, and progress through that tournament. And then just try to just take it on the chin. Hey, losses happen. They're still in first place. They're still in control of things. Just, uh, just go out there and keep doing the job. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, give me a score for tomorrow. Uh, score for tomorrow. I'm going to go 2-1. You know what? No, I'm not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two nil. I think Newcastle gets this done. I think they do. I think that uh, Dwight Gale will be back on the pitch and ready to. You know, he, I think he wanted to play on Saturday, and I think he's gonna take. I think he's gonna take care of business and get Newcastle through. Okay, excellent, Chris. So thanks for coming on, Chris. I appreciate. It. I know we haven't seen last couple of weeks, but we'll be we'll be back next week. Don't worry, we'll pick you then. Okay. Sounds good, guys. Always a thanks. pleasure. Thanks, Chris. Chester. How was your Thanksgiving anyway? How was it? Sorry. It was fantastic. Uh, we went up. It was freezing, you know, up, up <laughs> you know, back east. But uh, I bet your Thanksgiving wasn't that great. Watching your Redskins <laughs> lose to my lose to my Cowboys again. I think what that was a terrific game, Andrew. That was one of the better football games. That I was, was sick as a chip. I was a sick. I was shouting. I was. I was at the defence. I was so mad. I, you won't you believe. You were shouting at the defence. How about I was. saying, are we going to cover Deshaun Jackson ever? <laughs> it was cr- it ruined my It ruined my day for that way, watching, watching that loss. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks so much. Well, you're, you're a true Redskins fan if you oh. can't stand losing the Cowboys. Oh, I, I hate losing to them. It, oh, I, I thought it was a great game. I've used the F word when it comes to them bloody Cowboys, I tell you. Especially with the sun. Don't get me started on the sun. My goodness. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> they haven't got some blains, for God's sake. Do me a favour. I think they're scared. Anyway, till next week. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Cheers, man. Take care. Cheers. Well, we're going to bring in um, the darling that is Su- Susan Snowden. Good evening, Susan. How are you? Hello, baby. I'm all right. <laughs> Good. So tell me, as Steve's already mentioned, it was a down atmosphere. Why were you not? getting them all riled up for the match on Saturday. What what happened there? So they're gone. I just yes. think, looking yeah. at all the, the yellow cards that we could have got, mm-hmm. um, we're top of the league. We were top of the league by five points. I thought, he's doing the right thing. He's yeah. saving them for the cup. This is what the fans want. Mm-hmm. So, to me, he was he was doing the right decision. And, yes, it was a poor game, those players probably haven't played together like that before. It's not the team that we've saw that's won for weeks on end. So it was quite expected when I saw um, like what was happening, you know, with the, with the players and probably saving them for tomorrow night, which I was will be there. Did 
<laughs> was there any, com- any comment on... Do- Sorry, go, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, Susan, did you, did you not think the atmosphere was, was flat? Oh, did, yeah, did definitely. Yeah, what, yeah. Why, do think, why do you think that is? What, 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 was, what, what do you put that down to? Do you put it down to changes? Do you put it down to the fact that we're so far clear and we're, we've all got our minds on tomorrow or, or what? Because you know, it's been like that for a few games, hasn't it? Uh, well, listening to the banter in the pub, you know, when the, team, when the team comes out and it's released, everybody sort of goes up there thinking, oh, well, this one's not playing and this one's not playing. So there's grumblings before you get there. Um, and and I think maybe that, maybe that was it. But I, oh, you should have heard the arguments in the lasers. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. But then Paul come on and save the day. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a new man. <laughs> I wonder um, when Dummagate would come on. I know Dummagate had to come on. Do you know what I mean? Me and him are like that. Please, agent. Um. But no, I, I think, I mean, the, the blokes were behind going, this is where bread and butter, and I'm saying, do you not want to win a cup? This is more important, and I'm seeing you attacking at your backside, man. Of course, everybody wants silverware. We want to win this, we want to win the, pre- the champ- mm. championship, and then we'll go on to win the Premier League next year. <laughs> you know, I'm always an optimistic person, but... I mean, Howie, it's been flat for, for months, for years, really. You know, we had a, everybody knew it would come to an end, but we're still top of the league. We're at the oh, night, yeah. I'm coming back from Hull, the night, going, get in, we're going to the, whatever it is. We'll not be going to Wembley then, is it? Is it, is it Wembley or just? No, uh, two legs, semi, two semi legs. Final. Two legs, semi-final. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, no, I, I wasn't down at all. It was sad that, well, they're in a goal, but, mm-hmm. like I say, hey, I'll tell you what's really paying me off. Here we go. Mm-hmm. What do you call him? 45. I've lost me chain of thought. Mitrovic. Mitrovic, yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, he spits the dummy out when they go his way. When that man misses a ball, he's too busy chucking his arms out, throwing his mm-hmm. dummy out the pram, when really he should be running after it, and that's mm-hmm. paying us off a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that's I mean? That's just the mentality. I think that, that's his men- that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it is the mentality. Um, I think uh, the fact that he... Um, you're always going to get this with Mitrovic. You're never going to get two games the same. That's the thing, Susan, isn't it? It's like I've always said I was surprised that, you know, I think John Richardson mentioned that Newcastle tried to flog him in the summer. And they didn't get any takers and they might be looking to get rid of him at the end of the season and try and big, big, big Andy back. <laughs> You're not sure about that one, are you not? No, no, no. We've been there. We've done that. It didn't work. What we've got working, I mean, even Richie was flat, you know, um, Shelby was flat, but they weren't playing with the players that they've been playing with week on and week out, so it's like us going to work in it and working with a different team, you don't know how they work, it's not going to work, just have faith, wait till shoot, wait till tomorrow night, this time tomorrow night, we'll probably be trying it up. Do you think he'll play Darren Murphy instead of, because if he's, if he's played Mitrovic last three games... Uh, you can, well, I think you can definitely see. It's interesting. As soon as you take Goof on out the team, uh-huh. it's. I didn't understand that one unless he's, unless he's because he did say afterwards a few players were carrying knocks, oh. didn't he? They need a few knocks and a few <laughs> whippings. That's what they need. But have faith. Wait till tomorrow night. Do you know what I mean? 
Mm. Hey, can I ask you something? Steve, you yeah. may know this. Yeah. Boxing Day, is there no buses on? No, the club's paying for buses. <clears throat> Are they? Yeah. Oh, and the Metro? But, uh, I'm not sure at the Metro, but I know that the club has put uh, has had a word with the with the um, the authorities, and they're going to uh, they're going to stump up some money for, and perhaps it's the Metro as well. I'm, I'm not too sure because uh-huh. normally normally the Metro closes early, doesn't it, on a Boxing Day? Uh, but I think uh-huh, I keep, uh-huh. as far as I can gather, it's been it's been kept open. But it doesn't really matter with the Metro because it's always breaking down anyway, doesn't it? You know. So. <laughs> But uh, no, no. I, I, my understanding is that the club has, has uh, done some sort of deal with uh, with the council with regards to uh, to transport. With Getting the, the buses with on. Nexus, yeah. Oh, champion, uh, champion! I'll tell you what. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the, the results on Saturday, and uh, Andrew's going on about Villa and about you know mm-hmm. he's, this this strange love affair that he has with Steve Bruce. But I tell oh. you, nobody's mentioned the fact that how Derby have picked up. <laughs> since McLaren went there. I mean, they had another win on Saturday yeah, there against Norwich. And, I mean, they're up the ninth on 26 points. They're above your beloved Villa, uh, Andrew. <laughs> beloved Villa. Well, I, I just don't like the fact that people dump on Steve Bruce all the time. And I think because he's come back re-energised, the worry for me was that he would lift Villa and that's my main worry about Villa is that they could come come up and really give Newcastle a push. Don't, don't worry know. about Steve Bruce. He, he never Rain played for her, right? He had opportunities as a schoolboy. He never played yeah. for her. He, yeah. he, 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 uh, he's never managed her, you know? Yeah. He, he's, 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 he's had a pop at us. He's, he'll, he'll, he's a scented Geordie now because he's got a strange accent. Don't worry about him, I tell you. And I'm looking at, you look at the league table and... and you go on about Villa, look at Birmingham. I mean, Birmingham mm-hmm. have done tremendous under Gary Rowett. They're sitting there mm-hmm. in fourth. Leeds, Leeds have been a resurgent club. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and their manager seems to, uh, you know, we beat them 2-0 last week. They weren't, they didn't look anything special, but they're picking up results again. You know, and that, that was a great result against Rotherham. I mean, even though Rotherham at the bottom of the league, um, you know, so that there's something, that it's, it's knitting in really, really tight below us. When yeah. you look at those teams on sort of, uh, from Huddersfield on 30 uh, mm. down to as far as Fulham, Villa, mm. Preston. Mm. You know, I think that's probably probably the 12th. Is you know they're all on 25 to 28 takes you from 12th to 7th. You know, um, it, it's really really tight. I'm just glad we've got the points and we're mm. sitting there with 40 points and we've got that nice sort of. Uh, gap between us and third, and certainly the gap between us yeah. and Leeds is you know it's eleven points there from that because it's 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 that dodgy time and we've got we've got Nottingham Forest on Friday, we've got my next home game which is our only home game or Boxing Day believe it or not right. um, uh, on the tenth against Birmingham you know um, and then we've got Forest again <laughs> on New Year New Year well the day before New Year's Eve you know mm-hmm. on the thirtieth. Um, TV games as well, you know. So mm. that and the Sheffield Wednesday uh, Boxing Day game that Susan's talking about, you know, some big games coming up, yeah. some, some some difficult ties, some teams mm. that are up there or thereabouts. Um, it's strange as well, though. Norwich have completely imploded, haven't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. since we played them. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating league. Um, it's a bit know, annoying though isn't it Susan it's some fascinating referees in as well oh, yeah. what is. was he doing rubbing his leg at the other end 
I've never known a referee stopping rubbing at a player's leg. Yeah. Well, look, there was <laughs> What's the, there going was on the, here? The, the ridiculous handball uh, in the second half. Uh, there was a couple of decisions at your end of the pitch that mm-hmm. looked as though the ball was going out for a goal kick where he gave corners to. Um, he didn't seem to be... I mean, the linesman was on, on our side was never up with play, but they very rarely are on our side. I don't know why, but... Uh, you know, poor, poor performances all round. But you're right, the, the officials in this league, they let totally so much different. go. It's Nine. totally different. It's more physical. Um, uh-huh. They let challenges go that you wouldn't expect. But they pick you up on some ridiculous things as well, don't they? You know? um, and it's, it's, it's as though they've got to do it because you know, they haven't stopped the game for a few minutes so we've got to get involved. I've got to you know, let them know that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got to let that, that assessor in the in the mm-hmm. in the stand know that I'm that I'm still awake, if you like, you know, yeah. and still in control. Well, I've got to bring in my last guest, Steve. Thanks so much for coming on tonight. We'll pleasure. be obviously be, be on next week. I've just got to bring in John. But thanks a lot, Steve. It's been a pleasure yeah, as ever. Thank care. you. See you, later. See you. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy <laughs> tomorrow, Susan. Enjoy. I it. shall. I shall. We'll talk about it next week. I'm sure we'll take care. <laughs> okay, now. mate. Bye. Steve. Bye bye. Right. I'm so going to go because I've got to pack me beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got uh, I've got John the last caller, so I was going to oh, say we've got we've got Villa in Celtic. It's becoming <laughs> multinational. This. <laughs> God, he he'd be loving it, wouldn't he? They, they won the weekend. They won a trophy. God, be nonstop. Were you disappointed on Saturday, John, with Newcastle? Uh, first of all, Andrew and Susie, even all the listeners. Even. Yeah. Hello. Oh well, yeah, I hope you're coming to me 50th birthday party. <laughs> uh, hey, he had, to, he had to tweet us when the date is going to be. <laughs> February, <laughs> when is it? February? February. See, I'll be there, don't worry, I'll be there. I'll be there, I'll be there. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know she's going to get free gifts, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> don't mention Jack Daniels, honey. <laughs> I'll get you some monster munch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm going to let you go because okay. that, it's a long day for us tomorrow. So hopefully okay. I'll be coming home all chuffed and happy. And Lovely. Nice well, to have you on anyway, Susan. Thanks so much for tonight. On. Okay, take Cheers, care, lads. See you later. Bye. now. Bye. So tell me, John, obviously we've had a discussion a lot tonight about um, you know the way we played the six changes. It was a bit of a... It was a bit of a mixture of, and plus, obviously, they're, they're saying it was a flat atmosphere, and it's been like that for a while. Um, right. You know, I think Neil made a good point about um, you know bringing safe standing uh, to try and generate more atmosphere, but that's that's early in the stages that the FA have started to look at it, so that's going to take a couple of years to get done. I would I would think, but um, even with six changes, we should still have beaten what was in front of us, especially with them being. Near the bottom of the table. Um, Andrew, right? I mean, that's what I was going to talk to you about the team selection, mate. I mean, yeah, team selection, there's no need for that, right? Because, I mean, making six changes sort of thing, I mean, you know how much I love Rafa, don't you? Right? I mean, yeah. I've been a fan of all of fans, but at the end of the day, right? I mean, he, I mean, you can't go in making six changes like that. You've got to keep a winning team. I know you've got a big squad coming on, right? But you've got to keep a winning team and um, the teams trying to get in just have to work hard that sort of thing but at the end of the day why did he make those changes he doesn't need to make those changes you know what I mean they came back down and spectacularly and the ones that came in 
like Cunningham Bemba. I mean, mm-hmm. he, um, he, he played quite poorly on Saturday as well, sort of. But okay, he didn't, have a, he didn't play for a long time, but you would have thought he would have done all here. But at the end of the day, fair play to Blackburn. They came up to us, they'd done a job, and um, they made a score difficult for us, and I got the three points. But mm-hmm. we'll bounce back from this, and, um, you know, we had a, it wasn't the greatest of games. I mean, Richie had a good chance fired over the bar. Kieran Clark was, um, wasn't quick enough. Gail missed I mean, a chance at the end. Gail missed a great chance at the end as well. Mm-hmm. And the ones I worried about, and I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, so I also players at this moment in time, I worried about him, because... The last few games, he has to really perform, hasn't he? Mm. you know what I mean? I mean, he's got the talent, he's got the ability. But I know a lot of people on Twitter say I'm not allowed to have a guru at Perez, but I'm only being honest, and I tell how quite I like it is, sort of thing. But mm. I think he's too lightweight for the championship, I really do. And that's think, only my opinion. What do, you, what, is, what do you think, Neil? I think that's it. To me, it's like, is Perez one of these players, you play him one week, you leave him, a, you leave him out or put him in the, as a sub, because it looks like he's he's going to be he's he's starting to play him pretty well not regularly but he's playing him more than what he used to. Got to pick a game stream because uh, he, he, he like Mitrovic he blows hot and cold. Mm-hmm. And um, the one thing they've stopped doing with him to a, to a greater degree, and this is where I think they went wrong with him, was the, the, he was he was playing in the number ten, then he was playing out wide, and then he's wide on the other side, then he's up front, and then he's back <laughs> in a deeper role. And they were moving his role around a lot. And now he seems to be, when he does play, he seems to be playing in the number ten position uh, more often than not. And I think it's that kind of he needs that kind of consistency to develop. I think, and I think it, it, it's um, Rafa seems to seems to have decided that the parents are. Gale and the army, and Mitrovic and Perez, and so when when you get one, you usually get the other. Mm. Um, though to be fair, he hasn't done that totally consistently. Um, I've accused Perez of being lightweight for too mm. long now. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure whether <coughs> he, he is or he isn't. He is. I, d- I don't know whether he's. I don't know whether he's lightweight or whether he's not fit enough. I don't know. I'm not 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 sure which. There's, there's a thing. Um, but th- there seems to be something missing sometimes, where he's he's second touches a tackle and he's second to everything. Um, mm-hmm. But then other times he can be looking absolute world beater. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it's that like a consistency. But equally, we've got to also remember he's not necessarily an, an old professional. He's still a young man. He's still developing. He's still probably learning every day on the training pitch off mm-hmm. Rafa. Um, Did you find it, it strange it, it, that he's? Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, that's all right. Carry on. Go on. I, I think um, you know. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna play if you're gonna play Perez, I think well, it seems that he's gonna play Mitrovic. He has to play Perez. Seems Neil? to be the like yeah. I said, said. He seems to have settled on these combinations, mm-hmm. and that he wants Gale and the Army or Mitrovic and Perez, and there the twain shall meet. Uh, that seems to be the way he's gone. Now I think mm. the Murphy coming in somewhere down the line because he's got mm. there at some stage yeah. is going to going to chuck an interesting conundrum. I know mm. I've heard people shouting to go four four two with Mitrovic and Gill. Mm. I have the sneaking fancy the time he does go four four two, will be with Murphy and Murphy. Gale. Yeah, but that's I agree. just my. Um, 
Well, I think that the reason he played him Saturday, I I got the sense, and I don't know, but what do you think, John, that he's mm. going to bring Murphy in tomorrow night? Um, well, personally, again, sort of thing, he needs games now, because um, yeah. he can score goals, he's the big lad, he scores goals, it's the record speaks for himself, you know, mm. but in this game tomorrow, if I'm honest with you, I'll, I'll play your strongest team and just go for it, I'll start with mm. Gil tomorrow, sort of thing. I'll play with Gil, with Diami behind him tomorrow, he's going to play 4-2-3-1, and just go for it, do you know what I mean, because... Um, We've got to get to the semi-finals of this competition. You know, we've got to win this tomorrow. And um, would I play Murphy in the team? I'll play my sub. If I'm honest with you, I'll play my sub. Mm. It's, I think tomorrow, I think, well, what do you think, uh, Neil? I think it'll be, it'll be Gale up front with Yedlin on the right. Um, mm. I, I think he will. I think he might even, he might play midfield from the start just to get a rocket up. I think, I, I think you'll see um, I think you'll see Anita come back in at the back. I think you see Dummett and uh, mm-hmm. um, Lascelles come back in at the back. Yeah. Uh, I think you'll find. Um, I, I think you'll play Gale. I think you'll play stronger mm-hmm. side. Yeah. And then I think you'll find. We've got Forrest on Friday, remember? Oh, it's Friday. Uh, I didn't know that. Uh, okay. It's Friday night, Forrest. Oh, remember, right. So it's oh, not. Wow. Uh, there's less recovery time, so I fully expect then to be mm-hmm. another. Little rafter changes for mm. Forrest, and I think that's where Murphy will come in as a weird Forrest. Mm. Interesting. No? That, that's a good thing. That's a good thing about the squad, isn't it? You, you never, you, you're never going to well, know. I, I, I'm yeah. going to bang on about this all season, mate, because now I've got to know a few guys from the Championship teams over here. Mm. Not just Brighton, the lad from Brighton, but a, a couple of the others have said squad depth kills you, or lack of squad depth kills you in this league, and you end up with a with a, a, a bench full of kids, and it's what cost Brighton and nearly cost Borough as well last season. If you talk to the Borough lads over here, they'll say, you know, this this um, ending up games where you've got kids or an incomplete bench because your squad's so thin with injuries and suspensions once you get get around sort of like February, March time. When mm-hmm. the games are starting to come thick and fast, and that's your, your business end of the season. That's where we, we are already at an advantage. And if we add to the squad in January, and I'm, I'm not convinced we necessarily will, uh, I think it will take players to go out to bring players in. That's just my personal opinion. Um, I think we're already at a healthy advantage. But it, again, this little run now, we'll, we'll, we'll play Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. Um, I yeah. think you'll see a full-strength team tomorrow night because I think the rumour is is Hull aren't going to be playing a full-strength team. And so I think Rafa might seize the opportunity. Then I think you'll see changes again on, on Friday night. And like I say, that's where I think you'll see Murphy come in Friday night. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting demo. It's, yeah, it's interesting, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so it's, it, that's the thing. It's, I think um, it is interesting what people said before about Mitrovic, isn't it? People, the Newcastle fans really have taken to Mitrovic and the passion but if he can't, if he can't handle little things going against him, on it, it does seem to wind him up more than what it should be. And it's, it, what do you think, John? It's, it's to me, it's a definite issue because, you know, it, if it, you, you've got to have players you can rely on, and it seems that yes, he's playing them, but I think fundamentally 
he's he's not a player that's going to be the long term plans of, of for Newcastle, John. It's a shame, really. I agree with you there. It's a shame because I don't know if Rafa fancies um, Mitrovic to be quite honest with you. No. I mean, he can be. He can be. Look, he's actually he's got a passion. I love his passion. I love the way he plays and he gives. He plays his heart out, sort of thing. But yet, it has been frustrating, right? And I agree with you. When things doesn't go for him, then um, he just doesn't get in the picture. And I wonder if Rafa's going to sell him to Napoli in the summer. And I still think, and I hate to say this, but I can actually see Mitchell leaving at the end of the season. I really do. And I think he'd be off to Napoli. And that's that's what I'm hearing. And um, because they're looking for a striker as well. And um, to place a guy in. But mm. my guess is, right, and I'm not a prediction now, I think Mitchell should go at the end of the season. I hate to say it. And Rafa will probably bring in um, Callum Wilson from Bournemouth. That's why I think it's going to happen. But uh, I might be wrong. I hope Mitch will stay for a long time. Yeah. But I will I soon say. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Rafa trusts him. I really don't. I, no, I, I don't really think so either. No. That's, the reason, hence, that's the reason why he got a Murphy. You know what I mean? But mm. we are going to get a strike in the summer. We definitely will do. But my guess is I think we get Callum Wilson next season from Bournemouth. Yeah. Well, let's see. Well, hopefully we'll get a good result. But thanks for coming on, John. We'll we'll catch you next week, okay? Yeah, I'll tell you the tomorrow for the whole game tomorrow. Yeah, give us a prediction. Yeah, I say that we're going to see a reaction from Saturday. I think they win one nil, and for the first game, it's going to be tough. But we might just nick it one nil. I think it'll be a draw. Uh, Neil, yeah. what do you think? Um, I think we're going to win both games. There you go. Oh, you do? No, that's me told. Thanks a lot for coming on, John, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week. And uh, as ever, thanks to my main guest tonight. It's been John Richardson. What a pleasure he he was on the show. Really, really good. But uh, we'll catch you next week on Toon Talk. Thanks a lot, everybody. No, Baba. Thanks, John. Take care. Then. I'll speak to you later. Cheers, Bye. 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 Bye